0: Welcome, this is Beyond the Hate. I'm Steven. I'm John. I'm sorry I was out last week because I was had a failed sex change. They <laughs> said I had too much dick.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we, we can't operate on you, sir. Why? Because it's just, I mean, the, the, the dick is just a gift. Why <laughs> would you want to get rid of that? We're, we, we, we're, we're not, not going to cover you for this. Just get the fuck out of here.
0: Denied. Denied.
1: Uh- <laughs> No offense to anybody who's trans. <laughs> yeah, it was just a joke. Yeah. Um Because, um, you know, sometimes comedy is offensive.
0: Yes, and this comedy was rated R. Very offensive. It was it was very offensive because this was when Steve Carell was funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Uh. And not depressing.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> Remember that, kids.
0: And uh, just to, just to, for The Office fans, the, uh, just to kind of start you on uh, what made this movie so important. If you like The Office, you have to like this movie. Because it's the reason that Michael Scott's character changed from Season 1, which was a cruel dickhead, to Season 2 and beyond... A carrying dumbass. Right. Uh, so I have uh, I have something fun to start with, kind of. Well, I don't I don't know if it's super fun, but uh, <laughs> it's just burying the lead right yeah. away, man. <laughs> no, it was just uh, I was looking up rated R movies and stuff like that, and like the, the highest grossing rated R movies of all time. This is on the list, but this this list is to two hundred. Um, Shit. (laughs) So, uh, obviously not going to go through all of those. Uh, But it's kind of interesting to consider what the uh, highest grossing rated R films were uh, with inflation. Like, what they'd be worth today. Do you know what number one was? The number one rated R film of all time.
1: Number one rated R of all time. This is not just... not not so this these are all comedies, right? No, this isn't all comedies. This it's is like just R-rated, R-rated movies.
0: R-rated movies of all time. Of any
1: genre. Okay. Yes. Uh
0: shit, I'm trying to think like
1: as far as like money making? Yes. Oh god, I'm trying to think like because it wouldn't have been Scarface. Scarface was actually a bomb.
0: It was a bomb. Um, the bomb that one
1: wouldn't have even probably cracked, cracked like the top 300 or something.
0: Yeah, I don't even think uh, it's on here. So uh, yeah. while why you're thinking, tell us what we're drinking today, John. Uh,
1: this is the... Um, I'm not sure I'm saying this right because this is Japanese. But it's Asahi Beer. Uh, it's A-S-A-H-I, however you pronounce that. I'm sorry that I don't know. I'm a filthy American. Um, but uh, this is... Um, the Asahi Breweries Limited. Uh, it's a uh, it's an imported Japanese beer. Like they actually import this to uh, Canada, and then it's uh, bottled by Molson's and then sent to the United States. It's a really, I mean, for like a for kind of like a regular beer that's not necessarily craft beer, more of just like an import. Like it's pretty smooth. Yeah, like I like it. I, I, I would. Five stars. Pro- yeah, I would probably like if I wanted to like a because this is only like ten dollars for like a six pack. So it's like if you want, like, a, a pretty decent beer and you don't want to get, you know, Bud or, you know, Coors or, like, regular type stuff, even a Corona, you know, like th- this is pretty good for kind of a change of pace beer, you know, as a um, import, you know, Japanese imported beer. It's pretty good. Yeah, I'd yeah. say 2.5.
0: So we give it a 2.5. Okay. I'll take any answer of the top Five highest-grossing rated R films of all time.
1: Um, let's see.
0: So just throw out your one best of them guess. that
1: I, off the top of my head would be Terminator 2: Judgment Day.
0: Terminator 2: Judgment Day is not in the top five. Not in the top five? Isn't it like films. in the top ten? It is ten.
1: It is ten. Okay.
0: It is um, ten at three hundred and ninety-seven million dollars.
1: Okay, uh, number one is uh, Deadpool one, isn't it?
0: No, they it's consider not? that the highest grossing com- rated R comedy, which is not a comedy, really, it's a superhero maybe. but they consider it the number one rated R comedy of all time.
1: Oh, okay. But it's um, not the
0: number one rated R film of all time.
1: A film, okay. Deadpool is well, actually
0: 17 on this list.
1: 17? Well, shit, okay, so one that... Let's see. Well, the original Ted movie? Was that one of the five? Ted no. number one? Shit. No. Um kind of run out of ideas here. I'm thinking uh, Beverly Hill's cop was Radar, wasn't it?
0: Yes, it was.
1: Okay. What where's Beverly Hill's cop on that list? It
0: is number three. Three. So you got one of the top okay. five. Uh Beverly um, Hills Cop adjusted for inflation would have made five hundred and forty eight million dollars.
1: In today's money? Shit, that's a pretty good haul for a comedy movie. For like a buddy cop comedy movie. Um
0: So I don't think you're gonna guess number one, so I'm gonna go ahead and say that. Is it number the original
1: th- Alien? No. Ridley Scott's Alien? Oh, okay.
0: Number one, the highest grossing rated R movie of all time, adjusted for inflation, is the Exorcist.
1: The Exorcist? With oh eight, shit! Really?
0: Eight hundred and forty-three million dollars in today's money.
1: Damn, I would not have thought <laughs> of the. Well, I guess it's because like I, you know, you don't immediately think of like horror movies. I guess on that list, you know, maybe not immediately because horror movies typically don't horror make that kind don't of money. Make that kind of money. They don't do that kind of money. You know. Yeah.
0: So you got The Exorcist. You have The Godfather. Oh, Godfather.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Number
0: three was Beverly Hills Cop, which you guessed. Okay, so I got one of the top five. Do you want to try to guess number four? Uh, I might have to give you a hint. Um, Gene Wilder was in it. Oh... Wow, with Gene Wilder? And I, I, I don't want to. Blazing
1: Saddles? Yes. Okay.
0: Yes. And uh, number uh, five um, was directed by Mel Gibson.
1: What? Passion of the Christ? Okay.
0: Yep. Okay. So number six was actually kind of a. Uh, uh, actually, number six was.
1: Rocky Horror Picture Show. Rocky Horror. <laughs> well, I, because you know, the thing was is like when it came out, it was people saw it, but it wasn't like a big like. It really made a lot of its money in like you know VHS sales and like merchandise and yeah. stuff like well, that. Apparently, it box, office, it in the box office it, it was killing it for its time. Now it would have been, you know, probably a pretty big deal. Well, the other thing too about Rocky Horror Picture Show is that like it. It was doing a lot of the like the transvestite and the gender-bending stuff before it. Like Nowadays, if that was brand new, oh the fucking LGBTQ community would be all over that shit. Like, oh yeah, my god, maybe. this is the best shit ever. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You know? So One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is the, the next one.
1: Oh, shit, yeah. Um, I've always forget about that movie, but yeah.
0: MASH. Um, the
1: original, yeah, the MASH movie. Oh, yeah, I yeah. forgot it did a lot of money, too, yeah.
0: Actually, for some reason, they kind of screwed up the number here. Number five isn't actually The Passion of the Christ. I don't know why they screwed up the numbers here. They kind of flipped those two numbers. Typo, maybe? Yeah, I guess so. Actually, number five is this one. And it is a comedy. And it starred John Belushi.
1: Um, Animal House?
0: Animal House. Okay. Animal House is the fifth highest grossing... um, Rated R movie of all time. Where did Porky's fall on there? Ooh, that's a good question. It's not on the first page, so that's the top twenty. Um, so
1: it might be in the top
0: fifty, maybe. Matrix Reloaded was eleven.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: Saving Private Ryan's twelve. Uh, so wow, it was twelve. Yeah.
1: Saving what the the another thing too is that like, man, that's crazy because you would I, when you think of Saving Private Ryan, you're like, oh man, that movie made like shit tons of money. But not as much as some other movies, which is weird. It won a shit ton of awards, though.
0: But just to answer your question, Porky's was 23.
1: 23, okay.
0: Because Beverly Hills Cop was 21. Um, And then um, there's something about Mary, actually, was 27. Um, the Hangover Twenty Eight. Uh, okay. You know th- these are some good ones. Like Gladiator was like thirty four.
1: Oh yeah, Gladiator was awesome.
0: Deadpool Two thirty five. The original Matrix was thirty nine. That's right, people. You heard right. The Matrix Reloaded made more money than the Matrix. Right. Um, Wedding Crashers was forty, which is what the direct competition of what this movie that we're talking about. Uh, that was that was the um, direct competition of. Forty-year-old uh, virgin uh, was wedding crashers.
1: Wedding crashers, yeah, wedding crashers was awesome They Came too.
0: out at basically the same time. Wedding crashers ended up at forty, and then the forty-year-old virgin ended up at one hundred and eighty-eight.
1: So, how much money did forty-year-old virgin make?
0: Forty-year-old uh, virgin ended up making one hundred and thirty-nine million dollars.
1: And it was 188 on the list?
0: Yes, and it was 188 on the list. <laughs> Jesus. So I made tons of money. Yeah. It, what was the
1: budget <laughs> for this? Probably the, pretty cheap, I would the imagine. The budget
0: was really low. Uh, it made t- uh, twenty-six million.
1: Twenty-six million? Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so it, it made tons of money. For, it's pretty much
1: just Paul Rudd's money right there. The rest yeah, of it's like, like we're paying
0: Paul Rudd twenty-six million. The rest of you do. You people are just doing this movie for free for publicity. <laughs> Seth Rogen was twenty-two year old, twenty-two years old when he filmed this movie. So he was not making jack dick. Right. And he was one of the best characters in the movie. Second to Paul Rudd, I would have to say.
1: Seth Rogen probably didn't get starting to get paid until, what, probably Pineapple Express? Green
0: Hornet? Oh. <laughs> oh,
1: God. He's got jokes. Um, <laughs> but wasn't it Pineapple Express that was kind of like his, his big movie that, that got him like really famous?
0: Oh, you're famous? friends with James Franco? Yeah, we'll pay you money now.
1: Right. Yeah, basically. 'Cause he's you know, he's the he's the darling. But yeah. there's a lot of really good comedy guys in this movie, like Romany e. Malco and you know, Rogan, uh fucking um Jane Lynch and I mean even Steve Carell himself, obviously.
0: Yeah, Jane Lynch was actually supposed to be played by a dude, but Steve Carell was like, I know this person I was in this movie with and uh it was Jane Lynch and they're like, Yeah,
1: but she's awesome as the uh, uh excuse me the manager Paula, mm-hmm. she's awesome as Paula. Like for some people were probably like, you know what? I wish my boss was actually as cool as Paula. You know, besides the whole thing that she's like, you know, kind of invading Andy's personal space and is basically like, hey, be my fuck buddy. You know, it's yeah. like, <laughs> um, you know, that's a little uh, but that's the that just goes to show you uh that you know sexual harassment can happen in a lot of different ways what she does to Andy in this movie is is sexual harassment a woman sexually harassing a woman yeah a female manager sexually harassing someone underneath her
0: it's a lesbian sexually harassing a straight man right uh. <laughs>
1: but in the movie Paula is straight yeah, even yeah, though we she, know Jane Lynch is gay in real life she's a lesbian yeah. but,
0: but in like, the context
1: um, of the movie though like that's sexual harassment what she does to
0: Andy and she she won't take that uh, um, fucking uh michael mcdonald shit off right it's that's like, probably i have the courage for the first time today to, to tell you if you don't take this michael mcdonald well, shut down i'm gonna kill anywhere <laughs> in the store and put a bullet in my and, my, head. and put a bullet
1: in my head <laughs> and she was like it's not coming down and he was like it uh, was like go fuck yourself go fuck yourself <laughs> <laughs> oh man Oh, yeah, no, he has... Uh, Paul Rudd has some of the... Oh, one thing that I thought, too, that was kind of funny is that, like, uh, you know, he has that whole bit where he's, like, uh, like, he's kind of depressed and going off the rails after he seizes his, his ex again at the speed dating thing. And he was like, you see this ass, Amy? This is the ass of a free man. And I'm like, dude, and like r- roughly about like, you know, f- what, 15, almost 15 years later, you're going to be talking about America's ass. That's going to be Chris, Evans's yeah, ass. Chris Evans' ass. You won't be talking about your ass anymore. You're going to be talking about America's ass. That is America's Let's not forget ass. that the original America's ass was Paul Rudd in 40-Year-Old Virgin. Let's not forget that. <laughs> America has some great asses. America has some great asses. Nicki Minaj, you know, like, uh, Bailey. <laughs> Bailey. Bailey from WWE. <laughs> Bailey. There are some great asses out there. Um, Jean-Claude, I mean, even though he's Belgian, I mean, he's lived in America long enough. Yeah. We've kind of adopted him now, you know. Fantastic yeah. ass. <laughs> he
0: lives in my uh, extra bedroom. Man. Right. <laughs> Whenever. <laughs> JCVD,
1: what's up, man? Hey, up? remember the gas bills due like in a week, man. So make sure you got your shit together.
0: That's chump change. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Can I borrow five dollars? <laughs> he didn't manage manage his money as well as Dolph Lundgren did.
1: Yeah, well, it's hard to manage you know money when you're dealing with that nose candy and getting yourself snorted.
0: Well, like, how is Dolph so jacked and Stallone looks kind of crazy and. You know, Arnold looks, you know, really, really fucking old. Because uh, he is. And Jean- <laughs> Jean-Claude actually... Actually, Jean-Claude did a lot of cocaine and he still looks great, so... I think steroids I think are- you were on a
1: theory there and then you were like, well, you know what, I mean, whatever. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I, was. I was. I did have a theory. Then I was just like, steroids must be worse for you than cocaine. Yes, because apparently. Because Stallone-, Stallone looks awful in... And- Van Damme still looks amazing. So, right. So And the
1: thing with Arnold is that like I think because Arnold had so much mass, it would take so much to get to keep all that.
0: Yeah, he'd have to work out five hours a day at seventy years it, old. Over seventy years old.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's just like he's he not looked, gonna be able to do that. He
0: looks amazing for 70 years. I mean, he looks
1: old. in really good shape for a guy his age, you yeah. know. But I mean, is he gonna look like nineteen eighty four Arnold? With, like, the massive fucking Mr. Universe chest? No. But he's 70. I mean, you can give him that. I mean, that one dude in South Africa fucking drop kicked him, and it barely moved him.
0: Yeah, barely budged him, because I sent you the video. I was like, yeah, I fucked with the wrong guy. And that bodyguard beat the shit beat out of him. Beat the dude. fuck out of him. That bodyguard was fucking bigger than Arnold, man. That dude just he, he hit him like that one time, and that dude was like fucking... He was yeah. done. I he think, went to I destination he, he, fucked. Yeah, I think he. I'm surprised Aussie man hasn't done a video. No, yeah, Aussie man needs
1: to do a he review. Was like,
0: Look at this fuck trying to drop kick Arnold. Oh, the bodyguard got him. He's a, welcome to destination he's fucked. Right. Because <laughs> whenever he hit him, I was like, that dude's out. Like he just like hit him once. It looked gentle, but that dude's arms were like, fucking 40 inches wide. Yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure he knocked that dude out with that just one little...
1: Was it an, actually a man or was it a redwood tree? Because <laughs> the dude was big as fuck. I
0: don't know. It could have been fucking Groot. I don't right, know. Right, yeah. His, yeah,
1: he's part of, uh you know, um Arnold's entourage, right? <laughs> his, yeah, yeah. His a, bodyguard entourage. Yeah, one
0: of his bodyguard entourage. Probably, like, one of his people that he helps, like, train bodybuild or something too, like... Oh, so there's a lot like, of those guys, yeah. yeah,
1: that have probably trained with Arnold that are like, you know, like, I need I'm, some security, will you help me? And it's yeah, like, it's yeah, like, hell yeah, yeah man. He I'll he just follow kinda, you, like,
0: Right. he just kind of pushed Arnold a little bit, and then Arnold turned around, and that bodyguard's like, I got this. <laughs> and just, like, popped that dude in the head that one time, and I'm like, oh, that dude's fucking out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's how that you. Dude, that's how you subdue.
0: That dude fucked up. Like they really right fucked there. up. Yeah, I mean, that, it was just that quick. Like it looked like there's fu- that dude was trying to attack the fucking president of the United States or something. Yeah, I, I know, mean, a in, secret- a, in, <laughs> a, in a in a different
1: world, if Arnold could have probably been president by this point, I mean, sure, if they ever passed that amendment where you don't have to be an American citizen, and maybe you only I'd had to live for in a, Arnold, if you know, if you made it where it was like you know you had to at least live in the United States for thirty five years before you can. You can be eligible like we we can anybody in America can be as long as you are age 35. But it's like if they want to change it, it's like, well, you had to live in America for 35 years. Arnold's done that because he's lived in America since, well, like the early 80s when he moved to America, when he left. Well, no, since the 70s, really, I would when say
0: he, I would say if you lived in America for 20 years and you're a. Great upstanding citizen, you should be able to run for president of the United States. Even if you
1: weren't born here, yeah. I mean, eventually, I think they'll probably they'll probably rescind that and, or you know change that. But you know, imagine imagine some of these world leaders like talking to Arnold because like the dude's smart. I mean, of course, you know he was like Mister Universe and shit. So you know the bodybuilding and you know the physical fitness and all that stuff. That's what Arnold's known for besides his movies. But he's actually like a pretty intelligent dude. And politics-wise, he did a pretty good job for California. I mean, we didn't live in California through that, but, you know, I mean, he did a pretty good job. I mean, he got re-elected once.
0: People like him. So people it, liked him, is you know. that rule about the 35, That That wasn't in the Constitution. That's just something that was added later, right? Uh,
1: I don't remember if that was actually in the Constitution. It might have been, like, added on later. But the thing about, you know, in order for you to be able to run for president of the United States, you have to be a natural citizen of the United States and at least 35 years of age. That's the only like real requirements that you have to have. You should probably have way more requirements than that, but this isn't a political podcast. It's not, but I do
0: do want to add one more thing because I did have like this, this thing on Twitter where they're like, well, Thomas, uh, Thomas Jefferson believed that the, um, the, uh, constitution should be redone every 19 years. And, People were kind of arguing about it, and I was like, yeah, but he didn't help write the Constitution, and he was fucking in France when he got signed, so what the fuck would he know? Uh, Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
1: How would you know, bro? How the
0: fuck would you know? Like, I I literally heard people say that, and I was like, yeah, but he didn't even help write it. He was in fucking France, because he was the... uh, U.S. Uh, ambassador ambassador in France at the time, so he didn't even help write it. He was just like, "Oh, they wrote a constitution. We should do that shit like every 19 years or something." Like he had no idea what it said when he when he said that. Yeah, so. well,
1: because um, and like Franklin was over in France too during that time.
0: Yeah, Benjamin Franklin was over in France too. You know, fucking whores, right? Like he, like he does represent
1: America, <laughs> yeah, just
0: banging chicks. I guess. Yeah. Franklin was a genius, but he was also... His like, personal
1: life was fucked up.
0: Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. Or I was about to say it was a, kind of a It's like, it's one of
1: those things, like, whenever you get, like, you know, like a $100 bill and you're like, ah, $100 bill, you know, it's kind of like, if you what have a lot ben of these, Franklin you're rich. Franklin have
0: spent this $100 bill on?
1: Probably insurance. French hookers, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> how many French hookers could uh, Benjamin Franklin have bought with a $100 bill? Back in nineteen all of them. or back in seventeen seventies, all of
0: them. He probably did. He probably like, was like he, he. They considered him like a ladies' man. Like he, they, they were saying like ladies would just throw themselves at him.
1: Because if you look at Ben, and I mean this isn't about Benjamin Franklin. We'll get back on topic here in a minute. But <laughs> since we're on it, randomly, right? You look at Benjamin Franklin, and he doesn't look like he doesn't look like a sex god. But in fucking France, in like the seventeen hundreds when he showed up there, panties dropped. Like
0: he cheated on his wife constantly. Yes. Like he, she he was died while he was like
1: Because he was an inventor, he had tons of money, he was famous, you know, he's one of the you know, one of the founders of America. Like he was kind of like a political rock star. You know? Do
0: you think when Shakespeare was having other people write his plays, he was just dropping panties? Probably. Yeah. Because
1: Chicks dig the goatee, man. Yeah, he was and like, that I've neck been ruffle. writing all
0: these plays. And the other guys were like, I'm fucking writing these plays. Yeah, but you're not a fucking... You're you not know, a household name like I You're not I a am. household name. I'm fucking Shakespeare, bitch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if Shakespeare came from the hood.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but, uh, but yeah, 40-year-old virgin, this movie, uh, back on topic now. <laughs> Since we talked about the uh, sex god prowess of I, I, Benjamin Franklin. I feel Franklin. like
0: we were on topic because we were talking about... Uh, People getting sex, and this guy doesn't. And then we were talking about Shakespeare, which, you know, Judd Apatow's a modern-day version of.
1: Right, yeah, I would say so. Yeah,
0: and if you guys debate that, you know, fuck Shakespeare. Right. (laughs) (laughs) His story sucked, I'm just (laughs) Because then Obi-Wan came down, and he was fighting Romeo. Right. (laughs) Hello there. Hello there. Obi-Wan's way more interesting than
1: Romeo. Oh, definitely. Yeah, so... And Obi-Wan didn't kill himself like a dope, so... Yeah,
0: George Lucas, better writer than fucking Shakespeare. What did that guy do? Confirmed, confirmed. Modelo garbage. Right.
1: (laughs) King Lear, suck a dick.
0: Caesar? (laughs) Fucking
1: Caesar? (laughs) That made a whole play after the dude who fucking runs the pizza chain. Hamlet?
0: Dude fucked his aunt. Right. God damn
1: it. Oh, man. Just... Just, you yeah, know, that's all you have to do when you look at classic literature is just look at all the incestual <laughs> things. Like, that's why George R, R. Martin's like, I've got to have incest involved in my stuff because it makes it historically look accurate.
0: Yeah, Shakespeare did it. It was like, Shakespeare was probably fucking his aunt too, though. I mean, are you, are you doing it? I mean, shit. Frodo
1: fucked his aunt. <laughs>
0: Frodo? Yeah. <laughs> What? <laughs> I'm,
1: just, I'm just throwing. That out oh, there.
0: I, I thought you had something. I was like, wait, what? What the fuck? Frodo,
1: yeah, fuck? no. Was I reading the same book? Probably not.
0: No, I think you were reading George R.R. Martin's version of Lord of the Rings. Right. Yeah. And it was like, and Frodo got back to the Shire and fucked his sister. Right. <laughs>
1: really deep in the ass. And it's like what the fuck
0: what is the wrong fuck with What the fuck is you, wrong man? with this dude, I man? I would be like J.R.R. Tolkien but with more incest. Right. And it's like no one needs that in these stories. Like it's literally, like, those people could not have been related and it still would have been the same story.
1: Yeah, George R.R. Martin if you ever looked at like his Red Tube account, it's probably just like mommy porn and mm-hmm. you know, like dad and or like, you know, dad and daughter porn and shit.
0: They say they they say right what you enjoy
1: right and apparently he enjoys himself some incest yeah and, and a lot of murder yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what the book should have been called instead of a song of ice and fire it should be like a song of incest and murder
0: <laughs> incest and murder
1: that's basically what lord exactly. of the rings
0: <laughs> fucking everybody right
1: oh but anyway speaking of fucking uh this movie is fucking awesome this movie so, is fucking <laughs> awesome <laughs> that's a segue kids um Seth uh, Rogan
0: looks old as fuck in this movie. Yeah, and, and you said he was, he was, like,
1: 22. He's
0: 22. He's and, supposed to be the same age as everybody else in this movie, except he was 22 when this movie was filmed.
1: Right. So, like, um...
0: Paul Rudd looks way younger than him in this movie.
1: Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now that I think about it, yeah, he does look... Paul Rudd
0: was in his late 30s when this movie...
1: <laughs> right. Because you would imagine that, like, uh... Uh, what's his name in the movie? David, right? He doesn't he play David? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's like you know David is like a salesperson. It's like you think that like yeah, dude's probably like in his thirties somewhere. Andy, we know is forty, right? Because it's in the title. Yeah. Um, and then um, uh, how old? What's the 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 what's the character name of the. Was it Jay that's uh, Ro- yeah. Romany e. Malco? Uh yeah, he plays Jay. He's supposed to uh, be
0: around everyone else's age.
1: Like right around like in his thirties somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And it's <laughs> and it's kinda of funny too because like when you see like the cast together, you're like you're like, man, they probably could have done some more movies with like Romany e. Malco and Paul Rudd and, you know, Seth Rogen. Romany e. Malco,
0: he looks very young. Yeah, he does look very young. You know, he, he does he does look very young. I don't know his exact age, but he does look very young.
1: And this movie was in 2005. So, yeah,
0: and Paul Rudd, I mean, and then uh, 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 Malco, he did Blades of Glory with uh, Will Ferrell and um, John Heater.
1: Romany e. Malco is fifty now.
0: He's gonna have like that Samuel L. Jackson aging process.
1: Oh yeah, no, he's gonna age like Samuel L. and like yeah. Idris Elba.
0: Yeah, cause Samuel Jackson's like seventy, and he he's still playing like Shaft and Nick Fury and shit. Right. Like he he does not look seventy, or near seventy. He's he's close to that.
1: So Romany e. Malco would have been like in his middle thirties when he made this movie. Yeah, see? Yeah.
0: I mean he, he looks even younger than that. He looks like
1: he might be like in his like maybe like late twenties or yeah. mid twenties. Yeah.
0: So they when got you see a him in the of, movie. Like like Paul Rudd, like he does Ant Man. He still looks like he's fucking like thirty. <laughs> like Paul Rudd is like Keanu Reeves in the way that he doesn't age.
1: Oh yeah, no, yeah, he's crazy like that. Because, like, you see him in, like, Ant-Man and stuff now, and it's like... He's, like,
0: ripped his shit in the ass. It's like, dude, you he's haven't aged. in his aged. late fucking 40s now. Yeah. You know, like... <laughs> so, it, it is It is really crazy just to just to know that these guys kind of age like this. You know, it's just... It's crazy. And a lot of people, it's Hollywood. They have this and that. It's like, well, Paul Rudd doesn't do any Botox. He hasn't had any plastic surgery. Yeah. I mean, none of that type of stuff. Usually, you look worse after that. Ask the one, because fucking that Botox just fucks his face all up. he just keeps injecting it. Like, you'll see him do a movie, and you're just like, dude, what's up with your fucking face, man?
1: (laughs) This is me face? (laughs) This is me fucking face? And
0: it's it's awful. Right. Like, like you have no excuse. Like, Mickey Rourke at least has an excuse. He got his his shit... Fucking beat out of him for a few years. Whenever he was doing the boxing shit, at least he has reason for for the fucking scars. Even though he had a beautiful fucking face before he did. <laughs> he that decided shit. to use
1: it as the thing to stop punches.
0: <laughs> yeah, but he was like under fucking feed it. Right. Like, whenever he left it to come back to acting, no one beat him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it's weird too, cause like when you see you know him like when he was younger, it was like yeah, he was actually like a pretty good looking dude when he was younger. You know, before all of the all of the uh, brutal punches of the face.
0: Yeah, sometimes you scarred up, but he wouldn't got cool ro- roles like, you know, Mar from Sin City and shit like that.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, Ivan Vanko. Yeah, from Iron Man Two. Yep. Which I always liked Ivan Vanko as a as a villain because he was, it was just like once he like kind of turns into Whiplash, it's like yeah, this dude's pretty legit.
0: Probably the best Iron Man movie.
1: I know a lot of people didn't like Iron Man 2 and they were like, this movie's crap. It's like, we might eventually have to do Iron Man 2 as an episode for the show because I know there's a lot of people that didn't like that movie and really loved Part 3. And we loved 2 and 3 kind of is disappointing for us. Yeah, it's
0: like, 3 is one of
1: those movies that like I really have not went back to go watch it. If Iron Man 2's on, I can watch that shit. Iron Man 1, obviously. Iron be, Man 2, if it's on, I'll watch that shit because I like that movie.
0: There'd be blood in the water.
1: Um... But, uh, 40 year old virgin, the thing about this movie is that it's, it's a sex comedy. And as long as you know that going in, you know pretty much like what to expect, right? But some of these people, I, I don't know what it is. It's like, I think sometimes when people look at comedy movies, like they have this idea that, like, if something doesn't seem funny to them, then it's not funny at all. You know um you know how many times have you how many times have we covered comedy movies, and they're like, this person isn't funny, like Chris Farley isn't funny, Adam Sandler isn't funny, you know uh like um uh shit who else who else does does everybody complain about like um
0: and then we're always Ben like-
1: stiller people say like Ben stiller isn't funny. They were always
0: like, ISIS, ISIS, probably Donald Trump. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, those are definitely not funny. Um, uh,
0: you know, that, those are the people that say in the comments, we're like, well, this is clearly ISIS, this is ISIS, and this is this is a tweet from Trump. Uh, right. And then...
1: <laughs> yeah, because, you know, Trump had time to uh, uh, put Watch comments...
0: Watch and then be like, I hate this movie. I don't know why I chose to make them sound like... Why did I make him sound like Richard Nixon when I did that? Yeah,
1: I am not a crook.
0: I don't know why. Yeah, I made him sound like Richard. Nixon. I don't know. Probably don't know. because there like might, presidential be assholes con- <laughs> all blend
1: together. So you know,
0: <laughs> I was gonna be sly about it. I was, I was gonna be like, there might be a connection there. I don't know. I'll figure it out later. Right. Uh, <laughs> I-
1: <laughs> oh man.
0: <laughs> but
1: as far as um, so like talking about like the comedy of this movie because it is a comedy. Shocking. Has Steve Carell in it? Um, <laughs>
0: yes, yeah, it's not a depressing Steve Carell movie. No, it's definitely not. Like he's done for like the last like eight years. Right. <laughs> Stop being depressing.
1: Yeah, Jim Carrey went through that phase too, and now he seems like he's kind of back to normal. It, with it the Sonic sense. the Hedgehog Steve thing. Carell
0: kind of you know he came from like inspiring to be like a Jim Carrey person, and he's just like you know when Jim Carrey did that thing that no one liked. I want to do that too. Right, and it's like Jim Carrey can do series like uh, Mister Majestic and uh, The Truman Show and okay. the Eternal the Sunshine.
1: Of and the all those mind.
0: movies are amazing, but then it's like, okay, cool. Uh, go back? No, not yet. Will he go back? No, shit. Um, now another Ace
1: Ventura? Like, can we make the? Oh shit, never mind. Okay, no? you won't do okay. that.
0: Well, the Dumb and Dumber. Thanks for giving us another one of those. That that was pretty funny uh now uh, nope nope a serious one again okay
1: so now we're gonna go to Sonic the Hedgehog okay I'll do that okay really yes like Dr. Robotnik you're gonna be Dr. Robotnik it's like
0: so I don't give a fuck what Sonic looks like you're like he has teeth yeah every animal has teeth (laughs) he has human like teeth who gives a fuck I'm gonna watch it because people bitch so
1: much that they're like okay we're gonna change Sonic's design before the movie comes out don't and And it's like people like I would literally be
0: like (laughs) fuck you people
1: it's like, Damn. but everybody bitched and complained on social media, and they're like, Yeah, guys, we got them to change the movie. And it's like, the, Sometimes social You're not media. Nobody's gonna go watch it. Though. Yeah, nobody's gonna go see it. They're All gonna these be people like, that
0: bitch to get it changed, none of those people are gonna watch it because they're fucking useless people. Just like, a bunch same, of
1: entitled millennials.
0: Yeah, it's the same people that, that we always talk about. It's like, Yeah, I didn't think, you know, like we're gonna get comments like, fucking. You know, Brie
1: Larson doesn't need to be uh, this, this, Captain this, Marvel this, because she's a white woman that's blonde.
0: This movie wasn't funny. I'm not a fan of Steve Carell, and I didn't think this movie was funny. Then why the fuck did you watch this movie? I know I'm going to get that comment. Somebody's going to say some shit like, I I don't like Steve Carell, and this movie wasn't funny. It's like, why the fuck did you watch it then and why are you putting a comment on it
1: right well let's go ahead and get into it let's get into
0: it because I think I predicted it I've done this show long enough I know what's coming
1: right yeah Uh, so since we're talking about the uh, performances let's go into that right Um, so it says (laughs) I can barely read this first sentence because of how stupid this shit is I, I can hardly read this okay Okay. Uh, deep breaths. Okay. Namaste. Um, the <laughs> <laughs> okay. The cast is uniformly second rate, with some truly horrendous performances from virtually all of the cast. That's where we start. Okay. Now let me continue I'm along this you journey. Can continue. Yeah. Before I fucking um, crush this guy. <laughs> the characters remain as flat as the proverbial pancake. When your lead, Steve Carell, is unfunny and unappealing, it's an uphill battle from there. The characters, aside from Carell, were totally one note. Usually, uh, I enjoy most things that Paul Rudd does, but I found myself yawning at his antics as well. Also, the romantic elements were completely contrived, particularly the scene where Keener finds uh, porn in uh, Carell's apartment. Well, when Trish finds porn in uh, Andy's apartment, that was just lame. I think as a society we have sunk pretty low. Why is this man's private life subject matter for a joke? Uh, The scene where he takes his girlfriend's uh, daughter to the clinic was embarrassing to watch. The scene at the end when he's in bed with his wife and the subsequent jokes is distasteful and low class. I guess as long as people crave this sort of tripe, they will keep making it, but it makes me very sad.
0: Everything he just explained there is what comedy is. Uncomfortable situations...
1: Steve Carell is like awesome and uncomfortable comedy.
0: Yeah, uncomfortable situations are—that's uh, basically what comedy is written for. That's and what makes it
1: funny because it's uncomfortable, and you know how ridiculous like that is. You American, can relate to it.
0: Yeah, American Pie, like the whole situation about where he fucked being the pie, fucked the pie. His dad called him fucking a pie. Then he had the thing where he was, uh, you know, with a, you know. Um, uh, Shannon Elizabeth, and he just, like, touched her leg and nutted. Right. And stuff, and people were actually watching him on the computer do it because he was like, but, you know, wh- is that really embarrassing? Would you not nut if she just, like, let you rub up her thighs? Like, uh, you know. I mean, it,
1: Shannon Elizabeth at that period of time? Oh, yeah, definitely. Still to this day. Right, yeah. <laughs>
0: Elizabeth Hurley at 50 years old could make people do that. Right. Like, you can touch my inner thighs like, oh, okay, I'm done.
1: Okay, I'm good here.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Woo, that was good.
0: But, like, unfunny and unappealing, you're talking about Steve Carell. Right. For one. Paul Rudd. That's that's another. Seth Rogen. These are three leading men right there. Jane Lynch, she's been in a bunch of great comedies, like uh, Talladega Nights and, you know, like, all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. So...
1: And wasn't she on, like, uh, she was on um, Glee. Uh, Glee, yeah, the, uh, the um, Glee Club show. Yeah, that's, that's not, right.
0: That's not where Zach Efron came from. He came from High School Musical,
1: though, right? Uh, Efron was High School Musical, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah but Was, was
1: there somebody that came out of Glee that got famous, though?
0: Jonah Hill was in this movie.
1: Yeah, he was the dude that was trying to buy the fucking disco fish the, the, shoes. The,
0: the, the disco fish shoes. Right. And the We Sell Your Stuff on eBay is actually a real store. Oh, really? That was a real store that was across the street from when they were filming. And they were just like, well, we'll just make her work there.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> so they actually film in the store? Or the did actual, they, was that a set?
0: Yeah, no, that was the store.
1: That was the store? Okay.
0: Yeah, and the 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 store that uh, they're supposed to be working in is kind of supposed to be like Circuit City. Yeah
1: kind of like a circuit city best buy type of story yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah. they 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 said circuit city because i was i was thinking like a best buy but yeah circuit city would have been the original best buy i guess um even though well best buy was before that yeah Yeah.
1: best buy started like in 66
0: yeah the circuit city was bigger for a long time and i know that because i
1: used to work there Ha. Uh, that's one of the things you have to learn. Like, when did the company start?
0: 1966. Yeah. Um, it was, it was in a garage in Haiti, by the way. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, oh God. But, uh, but yeah, the whole thing about like the, the characters remain as flat as the proverbial pancake and it's like, okay, I don't understand. So like, the thing is, is like, if you're going to say the characters are flat, like they all, they're like one note right like they're only certain things and it's like they all have personality traits but they're all like fairly you know interesting people because it's like cal you most people would probably say like well cal's obviously the stoner right because he's the one that smokes all the weed you know and that's you know seth rogan's character so obviously smoking weed is you know that's just method acting right like he's trying to get into his character <laughs> He just happens to play stoners in a lot of his movies. Um but that's one of the like people always want to like say like okay well Cal is the stoner and then you know you have um uh Jay who would be kind of like, you know, like the sex addict and like that's all he cares about is sex and stuff like that and then you have uh Andy and Andy is like the weird nerd guy that collects toys. You know, that's like the only thing about him and then you have um Uh, David, you know, who's, like, obsessed with his ex and everything. And it's, like, all these guys show dimensions that they are more than just that. Andy is more than just a guy who collects toys. You know, like, he works out. He plays, like, musical instruments. Like, he has, like, you know, he's kind of an interesting dude, like all the different hobbies that he's into, you know. And then if you look at somebody like David, it's, like, he goes from being, like, the guy who's, like, you know, kind of depressed about losing his ex to like, he just becomes like a normal dude again once that kind of breaks, and then he just, you know, he gets himself out of that. You know, Cal, you think he's just a stoner the whole movie? He's not. He's actually a novelist. He's writing a book. You know, it's and a so. Horrible
0: book.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's writing a book, but that's the thing. He does more than he's not just a stoner. Like you can't look at him and say like he's just a stoner character. That's kind of well, his archetype.
2: Well, the
0: literally but he does that, have there's, a, a, there, there's the line is like he thinks you're a stoner, and he's like, I am.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, he is in the movie, but there are some there are some things that are, you know, deeper to Cal and David. I mean, even Jay, once, you know, he realizes yeah. that his wife is pregnant, you know, he starts to realize that he needs to try to work out stuff with his wife and not be a womanizer. Well, you uh, know?
0: no stoner is just a guy that, that just smokes weed. They have other stuff. They just like right. to smoke weed. So I guess that's what they're trying to do. Your entire
1: personality is not that you smoke weed. It's that you're a person who also happens to smoke weed.
0: Yeah, it'd be like people that drink, like us. It's just not like the only thing we do is drink. Yeah, no, we don't.
1: most, Most weeks, I don't drink beer during the week. The only time I drink is on the weekends when we do the show. Yeah, and, or if uh, we're watching, like, wrestling or something, or we're watching a movie or something like that.
0: Or on Mondays or Tuesdays or Wednesdays. <laughs> Who's counting? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Steve's lost count. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, just, it's just some of those. It, it's just uh, one of those things where it's just like um, whenever you think that You can just be like, well, this character is just this. A lot of times, you're just not paying attention.
1: You're not paying attention to the movie because you think the characters only have one thing about them that defines them. No. Everybody in this movie is pretty nuanced. Like, even Paula, the manager, she's got, like, a lot of, like, layers to her. And, you know, as you go through the movie, you find out more about the characters. You find well, out more about Trish and her, her daughter and stuff like that as you go along. Which
0: was Kat Dennings. <laughs> right. Um, and a lot of this movie is completely improv because Judd Apatow likes to get really good comedians and just be like, go.
1: Here's the basics of what the scene is. You fill in the details. Yeah.
0: So, you know, I mean, it's... it's um, so to say
1: that their performances are bad and flat, it's like, no. Their performances are basically how Judd Apatow films. He puts the comedy into the, the people that are actually comedians. And it's like, uh, like the, the whole, uh, you know how I know you're gay sequence. That's totally, that's totally improv.
0: And Elizabeth Banks is in this fucking, movie. right. And she's super hot. But she always is. So right. that's not that's not even a statement. That's like the,
1: yeah, it's like it's like Elizabeth Banks was in this movie and she was hot in this movie. It's like she's hot in literally every movie. That is correct. Yeah. She
0: was in fucking Spider-Man, the original ones with Tobey Maguire. You fuckers remember that? She was in those. Right, yeah. She was the fucking receptionist.
1: Uh-huh.
0: How crazy is that shit?
1: And then in the uh well it was it Spider Man three? It was like uh wasn't Bryce Dallas Howard um she was uh She was not Gwen naked. Stacey. she
0: did not do a sex scene.
1: Oh. Well I mean we know that it's
0: But she has done a sex scene, Bryce Dallas Howard has.
1: That's uh I mean that's good to know that's not really relevant what we're doing here, but that's good to know. You
0: cornered me. You cornered me. <laughs> yeah,
1: you're like the only information I have is that she did a sex scene. <laughs> But no, didn't she play Gwen Stacy um, in the Spider Man, th- the Sam Raimi yes. Spider Man Three? Yes. Yeah, she was like she dyed her hair blonde, and it's I don't know for some reason Bryce Dallas looks like she needs to be a redhead to me. Like she doesn't look right when she has blonde hair.
0: Do you think it's because she's a redhead?
1: Uh, well, I know I don't know if she is a redhead naturally. I mean. You well, would assume you don't
0: know she's a redhead naturally, even though her dad is Ron. Howard. I
1: mean, you would assume because her dad's Ron Howard that she's a redhead, and I, I always figured she was. She is. Okay, I was like, unless you have some information that she's, she's not She's
0: naturally a redhead, and she dyed her hair blonde. Emma Stone actually is a natural blonde, and she dyes her hair red.
1: Right, but I mean, hey, if you know, if you can pull it off, that's good. But uh, but we're gonna go ahead and take a break here. When we come back, we got some more stuff to talk about because. Uh, people understand sweet fuck all about this script. (laughs) Nobody understands how the fuck this movie works. So we're going to get into that in more detail.
0: All right, we're going to take a break. Hell, Satan. (laughs) and of course that was the legendary Madonna like <laughs> I, I was not there. expecting
1: that <laughs> um, I do have an idea uh, for what we should play later I'll tell you when we get to the next break yeah, 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 uh, yeah, because I want it to be a surprise but I have an idea of something I want because I I thought of this song the other day when I was thinking about this movie and like what we were going to talk about and it made me like laugh out loud so I'm like I need to pitch this to Steve but we'll do that uh, in the next break but um, the uh, Uh, the thing about this movie I think that's interesting is that like people say they were like the script for this is is awful and they're like, who the fuck writes dialogue like this? And it's like, I think you guys are miss. I think you guys don't understand how Judd Apatow works. Like you were talking about earlier, he doesn't really script like a lot of stuff. He has a basic plot line of what happens, but the dialogue between characters is mostly improv.
0: Yeah, no one writes dialogue for this. They're just kind of like, yeah, this is an idea for the movie, and I'm Judd Apatow, so movie funded. I guess, you know, I guess that's how it happens, because he seems like he's one of those guys that can make anything happen. Like, this is the film debut of um, Mindy Kaling. This is the first movie she was ever in.
1: Yeah, and when you go back and you watch this, you're like, Oh shit. That was, yeah. she plays Amy, like David's ex or whatever. And it's like, it's so crazy when you see her. Cause you're like, Oh shit. I totally forgot she was in this movie when I went back and rewatched it. Cause it's like, you, you kind of, you always think of Mindy Kaling as like, you know, the Mindy project. And then, um, it, it was, was it Parks and Rec or was it the office? The she, office. It was the office. Okay. Um, who am I thinking of that was on Parks and Rec then? Am I thinking of Aziz Ansari, maybe? I could be. I don't know. but uh,
0: I don't know what context you're thinking of. Yeah, I don't know. I, my brain doesn't even know because, what the fuck I'm saying you know, right now. Like so Amy Poehler, Adam Scott.
1: Yeah, because you know. some of these shows really made some of these people like household names. You know? But uh, I... It, it's kind of crazy when you see it because you're like, oh shit! It's like to think that Mindy Kaling just did like kind of like a one-off appearance in this movie, and then she ends up becoming like one of the best like comedy TV writers in like a generation. You right, know, yeah. Like she's she's an amazing comedy writer. Hell, that's one of the reasons Hulu gave her her own show. They were like, well, shit, if you do that good with The Office, then you know we'll definitely let you do something of your own. A lot of
0: people from The Office got their own show. Yeah. There a lot of people are from Parks and Rec out there on the show, too.
1: Yeah, that's true. Billy well, Eichner
0: uh, was from Parks and Rec, so...
1: Billy on the street! Billy on the street, bitches! Billy Eichner is, Billy Eichner is crazy. Like, he... <laughs> um, I, Like, the Billy on the street stuff is, like, hilarious. Like, every time it's awesome. he does I,
0: it. I love the one with Tina Fey. Whenever he's just, like, asking people, and he was like... You know, he, he he was just like, do you like 30 Rock? Because he's sitting there with Tina Fey, and they're like, yes. And he was like, do you like um, uh, Baby Mama? And they're like, yes. And he was like, do you like Unbreakable? They're like, no. And he was like, well, that's Tina's show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Unbreakable Kemi <Kimmy> Schmidt, bitches. <laughs> Ellie Kemper, get your shit right.
0: Yeah. They canceled that show. That's why I canceled Netflix. Right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that and also they're like fuck Daredevil and fuck Luke Cage and well, Jessica Jones. Well, they're gonna Jones. lose it anyway. They
0: weren't really fuck it, like fuck it. They were just kind of. I stopped watching them because I was like, yeah, Disney's like, yeah, we're taking all of our shit back.
1: Yeah, you and guys then have that like, fun. Well, we have
0: to cancel the shows now, and it's like, well, there's no reason to watch any of this now.
1: Yeah, and then uh, Unbreakable gets canceled. You know, it's and that like... has
0: nothing to do with Marvel. They're just like, some people are complaining on Twitter because it's too. Woke, I guess? I don't know. It's, like, is it too, like... Is it too empowering for women? Is that why it got cancelled? Anything that's
1: empowering for women gets shot down as, like, feminist propaganda. Yeah, they're like, like this the is Captain Marvel movie. Kim-
0: Kimmy Schmidt is just... It's like, it's too much Kimmy Schmidt and the, the male lead is, like, a, a super gay dude and it's like, it's Titus and he's fucking awesome. Right. <laughs>
1: but it's like... You know, it's like, when... It's like if you look at a show like Will and Grace, it's like you know, it's like the the gay dudes are kind of like the main two of the story.
0: Yeah, but like and Will and Grace, to me, is like people like it because it's gay people that know their place, kind of thing. Yeah, like I just feel like it's it's kind of like the opposite of what Kimmy Schmidt was trying to do. Like, right, like this woman is more powerful than John Hamm's character. And they're like, well, John Ham is God, which which he is. But in this context, he was a cult leader uh, that held women under a bunker for so many years. And, you know, there was weird sex stuff, because she does say that in the show. And right. She was a kid when she was abducted, so he is a piece of shit. Right. And, uh, you know... He, John Hamm does a good job of making you like him and hate him at the same time, which is kind of how those people always are. Mm-hmm. So he's one of those guys where you're just kind of like, yeah, 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 he totally could be like a weird cult leader.
1: Cult guy, yeah. Yeah,
0: because it's always like, you know, they do some fucked up stuff, but they always have they always have this ray where people are like, well, maybe they're right about this. It's like, no, 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 that's... That's cult leader spells.
1: Yeah, that's that's like. That's David how they Koresh. drew
0: those people in, like David Kresh. Well, maybe they were right about no, 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 no. FBI fucked up the Waco raid. Too many people died over that. But David Kresh was the bad guy. Right. The FBI people were idiots, but Kresh was the bad guy. Right. <laughs> he did nothing good. Nothing good came. He he, he had, tried to
1: make himself look like he was the good guy. He's like, there's women and children in here. And it's like yeah, and it's like because you have this weird like religious cult that you're building here.
0: And you are fucking kids. Right. That's one of the things you're doing in there. So Because there was a lot
1: of underage girls that got out of Waco that were like, Yeah, Koresh basically he did all kinds of stuff to us. Koresh wasn't
0: a good guy. The FBI fucking killed I wouldn't say innocent people, but there were children that died in that. Or they, they, they didn't do a good job, but David Kresh wasn't the good guy either.
1: No, that was basically just like it. Just it was a very fucked up situation all around. It
0: was because it's like yeah, FBI <laughs> fucked up, but David Kresh also probably would have killed all those people anyway.
1: Uh, well, I mean, this is. I mean, David Kresh also thought when he when he formed the Branch Davidians that he thought he was the reincarnation of Jesus. Yeah, he was you know? a psychopath. He thought he was the Messiah. Yeah, he's definitely a psychopath. Is like, uh, but all probably, cult leaders are. like yeah, Charles Manson he, was like that that's too. That's what I was
0: about to say. He's probably one of the most influential people since Charlie Manson. And if you would have got arrested instead of died there... He would have had the same cult following in prison.
1: Oh, yeah. Everybody in jail he would have been, thought he was... He would like, have turned the jail into the Branch Davidians.
0: Yeah, he yeah. definitely would have because he was that type of person. Like That's why they're like, Charlie Manson, you can't talk to anyone that's in this prison. That's why
1: he had to be isolated.
0: They would have had to do the same thing with David Koresh. They'd be like, you can't talk to anybody Yeah. in this prison because you would just make it the Branch Davidians. Because he would have. He would have been like a few months.
1: <laughs> oh yeah uh, because he, that he had that if personality
0: go, if you ever go look up the videos and stuff of the, the ones that survived of him talking you're just kind of like oh yeah 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 this this guy was crazy mm-hmm. but he also could convince any fucking body to follow him
1: i, I kind of want to watch that uh, since we're just randomly talking the about it that taylor Kitsch is uh it's koresh it's the uh was just called waco waco yeah yeah It was about that whole, uh, you know, the Waco FBI raid and stuff. Um, But, yeah, uh, I kind of want to watch that. Um, And uh, I think now I do have Paramount Channel. I just don't know if it's on demand, but I looked it up because I have it on on Sling, if I remember right. We
0: should check it out together and and see what it's like. Because we have
1: the projector over here at Steve's house.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll do that and we'll let you guys know. (laughs) <laughs> because we do like to discuss other things outside cult of leader climate.
1: podcast Cult
0: uh, leader podcast this guy also a piece of shit right <laughs> <laughs> that's how we would start the show if you guys want to hear that email us at yadu, yadu.com we might do a mini podcast if you guys are into that we might just do it where we're just like you want today to we're about-? covering
1: jim jones in jonestown
0: he was a piece of oh, shit, shit. <laughs> let's get into it
1: <laughs> uh, but anyway um so Like, back to 40-Year-Old Virgin, right? And it's like, so the comment, it says, The 40-Year-Old Virgin exists in a world I don't understand. A world where an electronics store employee can tell his boss to fuck off and broadcast videos of his naked ass through the store and not get reprimanded. A world where it's really funny to go drunk driving and smash into other people's cars. A world where it seems okay for a boss to sexually harass uh, people who work under her a world full of raging and offensive stereotypes of ethnic minorities uh, and a world without funny jokes. I am absolutely shocked at the seeming chorus of viewers who liked this movie. I thought every scene was like a bad Saturday night live sketch, not very funny to begin with and stretched out beyond all rational thought. Uh, okay. The for chest one. waxing Oh, oh okay. You're not done? <laughs> no, 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 I still have more to go. The chest waxing scene went on forever i can't imagine how anyone would have read this badly written script and given it the green light the story is disjointed fragmented and incoherent the telling uh leaden and predictable this uh, uh this is telling leaden and predictable no wit no charm no humor not sexy in the least there's also a strong current of misogyny which became increasingly hard to stomach as the film went on. Despite its phony turnaround ending where love triumphs over lust, I was left with a sick feeling in my stomach. If this is what passes for humor and social commentary, then we're definitely doomed as a society. The movie uses the locker room stereotype of young American men constantly concerned with sex and willing to employ any means to have it. The range of sexual experience sought is so extremely caricatured that one character finds watching a Mexican, not American woman, have sex with a horse as boring as making an egg salad sandwich. Men in this film will use any means whatsoever, lying, cheating, drugs, alcohol, to satisfy the sexual urge. Homosexuality is shown as just one of the range of sexual options, slightly beyond bestiality. In the pursuit of sex, men are portrayed uh, as being so dirty and disgusting, they are laughable. Degrading people is not humor.
0: That comment was way too long.
1: <laughs> That's um, actually, like, I think three stitched together, but it, they all kind of serve to, to do the same point, you know.
0: Um, okay, so way back, like, 30 years ago on that comment, um, for one thing...
1: In the year 2000.
0: What <laughs> SNL skit is funny anymore? <laughs> uh, you have to wait
1: until like Tina Fey shows up to guest host.
0: Yeah, so there's not really comedy anymore on SNL. It's just like um, we have Pete Davidson, and we're just kind of like joking about who he's dating at the time, I guess. That's basically SNL now. Um,
1: <laughs> and then like weekend update with Jostin Che.
0: Jostin Che, yeah, they're okay. Um, they're no Tina Fey or Amy Poehler <laughs> or you know Seth Meyers or Norm Macdonald. Right. The OG. Yeah. Um. <laughs>
1: If part of me kinda wishes that they would bring back Norm McDonald to do weekend update, just like permanently.
0: Just be like, yeah, Norm, you just do weekend update. Now. Forever, yeah. With Alec Baldwin. Oh Not- god. <laughs> oh god, that'd be awesome. <laughs>
1: they would just be like the two correspondents. God, that would be that would be brilliant.
0: That would be <laughs> fucking awesome. I would be just like just let me know what time this part of the show starts. And I'll just start watching then and then stop watching when it's over. Yeah, just post
1: it to YouTube. I'll watch that and not the rest of it. Um, but, like, the whole thing where it's, like, uh, an electronic store employee can tell his boss to fuck off. It's, like, you know, and not be reprimanded. And also, he did broadcast his ass. But, you know. The
0: <laughs> yeah, I've done that twice. It always, you know, you don't get fired for that. All
1: right. <laughs> we don't think we've all shown our bare ass cheeks at work. I mean that's just it happens you know you, you if you do it too much though then they gotta they gotta address that and if
0: you haven't told your boss to fuck off it's just because you're a pussy right because <laughs> your boss can't fire you for telling them to fuck off they might write you up it's not an automatic firing
1: free speech man this is America especially um, if you say go fuck yourself right <laughs> and it's like what would
0: you say. Uh, <clears throat>
1: I just, yeah, I've got a little, you know, I've got like a like a cold I right need now. A to, you, yeah, I you need have, to go get me a halls. Yeah,
0: <coughs> you have one? Nope. <laughs> go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> go fuck yourself. All right.
1: <sighs> man, it's just you know, it's just building up in my chest and everything, man. It's just <laughs> I got to cough this. Yeah, I don't
0: think cough you, it get, out. you get fired for that. They'd be like, it sounded like you said it's like, well, I mean, you're gonna have to prove I said that, right? And not just coughed.
1: Well. <laughs> Well, the other thing, too, is that, like, I think Paula, she's one of those managers that, like, she realizes that she works with a bunch of, like, really fucking weird people. And she's probably, like, you know, if he's just, like, uh, like she has that whole thing where, like, when Andy has, like, been promoted to be a manager, she was, like, uh, she's, like, yeah, I got one of my top salesmen just showing his bare ass to the entire store. Is like, you want to go handle that? And then, you know, Andy's, like, hey, man, you know, you got to, like, come on, we got to take the camera from you, man. You know, <laughs> like, what are you doing? And it's, like, I think the thing with, like, Paula specifically is that, like, she's not, like, the typical kind of manager that you think of as, like, this overbearing manager that just is, like, by the book. And you're does fired. It. Yeah, there's, like, you're fired, you know. Like, she doesn't seem like that kind of a person. It's, like, she, I mean, she literally, like, basically almost throws herself at Andy, you know, like, with the whole fuck buddy situation.
0: Yeah, she's like, have you ever heard of a fuck buddy?
1: Right, yeah. And it's like, you know, they were talking on here, like, that's basically sexual harassment. It's like, yeah, it is. But the thing is, is that, like, a lot of times in comedy, one of the things that, you know, one of the the reasons why comedy can be funny like it is is because in real life, you know, we, we normally wouldn't be able to just show our bare ass to our boss or tell them to fuck off, you know, or that kind of stuff. But it's like, that's the reason why we have movies. We can live vicariously through these characters doing that kind of shit.
0: Literally, one of the funniest movies that you can watch is a movie called Waiting with Ryan Reynolds and Justin Long. Yeah, yeah. And literally, a line in that movie is Ryan Reynolds talking to the hostess chick where she was like, I turn 18 in a couple weeks and he was like, well, I better hurry up then. Right. That's literally a line in the movie. Right. Right. Because he wants to fuck her before she turns 18.
1: And it's like, we literally have a line in that movie that talks about statutory rape.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's comedy because it's uncomfortable and it's something that's outside the boundaries. That's what comedy is. It's always something, you know, as much as people want to be social justice warriors now and stuff like that, like Sarah Silverman, like she used to say stuff like that. But she gets to use the excuses like, oh, now I grew past it and stuff. But other people get executed for it. Like, it's like, oh, what about Artie Lang? He said this like 20 years ago. Or like James Gunn, for instance. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, well, he said that 12 years ago. I was like, yeah, Sarah Silverman would say way worse shit than that 12 years ago. Oh, yeah. Way fucking worse shit. Just look up her fucking stand-up. But she gets to say I've grown as a person, and I regret those things. But James Gunn didn't get a chance to say that. That's bullshit.
1: Well, you know, do you think it's it's partially because like people are so afraid of getting like feminist backlash, they're more willing to give Sarah Silverman the benefit of the doubt than they are Gunn. You know, because in got- this in society these days, men doing controversial shit is just immediately toxic, and we hate you. Your career is dead. But. In Silverman's case, it's like, oh, well, you know, we don't really want to piss off the feminists, so we're just going to give her a the pass. The most
0: feminist thing to do is to treat Silverman just like you would treat Gunn, though, right? Right.
1: So if you're really if you're really about, like, equality and stuff, you should hold her to the same standards as, as James Gunn.
0: Gunn, so you would really want her to get fired from whatever job that she had at the time.
1: Because of her controversial stand-up statements.
0: But I don't think people should be accounted for what they the you know i mean for one comedy is comedy and if it's comedy then my opinion on comedy is just go fuck yourself if you don't <laughs> that's get the anthony jusselnick approach if you don't get the comedy it's not the comedian's fault
1: it's it's just you it's just not it's your, your type fault. of comedy
0: now having said that if it's someone that's actually legit been found kind of you know, guilty of something and then they make a joke about it as part of their stand up sure execute them like Louis CK right you can fucking destroy that guy I don't give a shit because he is a piece of shit and he jokes about sexually assaulting women now <laughs> right so that's just saying like hey yeah I got caught doing it I don't give a fuck people still come see me being funny. It's like, yeah, you're not a good person. Yeah. You know, that's why he's not... He was, like, one of the front people that could show up to Amy Poehler's, like, uh, Groundlings thing. Right. And he'd get put to the front of the line. He's not even welcome there anymore. Right. And when you know you you pissed off Amy Poehler, you're really done as far as TV stuff's concerned. And you're a comedian. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> if you piss off the person that runs Groundlings, which is Amy Poehler, <laughs> you're done. Well,
1: and also, just because of her connections, you know, like at NBC and stuff like that, and then also her connection with Tina Fey, you know, Tina would be like, well, you know, he can't work on any projects that I have going, you know. it's that. That's one of the things, though, is that, like, there are times when comedy can go, like, maybe too far. Like, people would argue that Anthony Jeselnik, like, some of the jokes that he makes are like, oh, God, that's really, oh, uh, it's rough, you know? But it's like, the thing is, like, if you've if you listened to Jezelnick's stand-up, and then you come back and you listen to something else, and you're like, oh, that joke is kind of fucked up. It's like, you already know what he's about.
0: Literally, if you listen to any of his records, like, he starts off a bunch of them, and it was like, he was like, most of you know who I am. Right. And the ones that don't, you will.
1: Yeah, you'll find out. You'll find (laughs) out what he's about. But that's just the thing. It's like, on this, when they talk about, like, um, you know, like, uh, it says, I can't imagine how anyone could have read this badly written script and given given it the green light.
0: There's no (sighs) script. There's
1: not really a script with Judd Apatow. I mean, Judd Apatow there's, basically just kind of writes like an outline of the what the basic of the movie is. There's situations, yeah, which
0: is, which is how any good comedy script should kind of be written. Like, uh, for an example, like Van Wel- Wilder or whatever, it's kind of like a loose script. They were like, okay, we have this idea for like a college kid that just kind of stayed in college way too long. He partied. We got Ron Reynolds... Young Ronald Reynolds, I think he was like 20 when he fucking did Van Wilder or something like that. And they're like... Yeah, he was young. Yeah, he was super fucking young. And they're like, Ryan Reynolds, uh, go.
1: Just do your thing.
0: And then they got Tara Reid, a super hot chick for him to flirt with, and then the magic happened. Yeah. So...
1: But that's the thing. It's like, you know, when people want to complain about, like, the, the storyline of this movie, it's not difficult to understand. You know, it. I mean, it's basically a guy who has just—he's had bad relationships that never really kind of worked out, and he's just kind of—he's sort of an introverted dude. He collects action figures, he plays video games. Like, you know, he's—he's he's one of those people that it's like, you know, like the sex thing just kind of passed him, and he was just kind of like, ah, whatever. I was just gonna move on.
0: You know pretty lady around, around the, the world,
1: world. <laughs> yeah when he starts doing like the uh, the, the cameo karaoke you're I've like a what? Weird thing to show. but that's how uh, that's how the fucking cameo dude sang like yeah. so he's actually trying to be pretty you know accurate with it
0: what's the best karaoke song in movies? was it from 40 year old virgin or was it from cable guy mm, cable
1: remember guy's pretty cable strong guy? yeah remember? Yeah, yeah. you know,
0: like uh what, what was it? Uh, I want you to love <laughs> what, I
1: need you, you to love me. me. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, he did
0: the throw thing. I want you. Right. <laughs> he did the little thing where he yanked on his throat. I mean, that's, I don't even know. You guys let us know who you think was the best. Steve Carell and 40-Year-Old Virgin doing his karaoke or Jim Carrey and Cable Guy? Uh, yeah, yahoo.com. And we really want to know who uh, you guys think are the, the better of that battle. Because I don't know. That was just...
1: That's that's a tough call.
0: But that's another example of how Steve Carell kind of wanted to have a Jim Carrey-like career. Right. You know, like, uh, even his choices in movies. You know, um, And
1: I mean, Jim- he even followed him with, like, Evan Almighty.
0: Yeah, he even followed him in Evan and White- Even though Evan, Evan Almighty... Might not be as good overall movie as, as Bruce, Almighty. Bruce Almighty. But, of course, also, Steve Carell didn't get Jennifer Aniston either. Right. So, <laughs> it, I don't know if it was a fair fight. It would have been different if, you know, Steve Carell would have got, like, his wife to be, like, Christina Applegate or something like that. I think yeah. he, he would have had a better because sometimes
1: way. that's one of the things that I think comedy movies... Very much rely on the cast feeling like it, like they can they can work with each other. Like this group, because you see you you see Carell, you see Romany e. Malka, you see uh, Rogan, and you see Paul Rudd, and you're like that four pack of people is amazing. You could like, I could probably watch any movie that those four guys could work on because the, just their ability, their comedic timing, and their ability to like work off of each other and like okay, well, he said this, so I got to come up with something funny to counteract that, you know, like the whole thing, like we were talking about earlier, like the, you know how I know you're gay, you know, like that's basically just Paul Rudd and Seth Rogen just like playing fucking Mortal Kombat. They're playing Mortal Kombat four and they're just playing Mortal Kombat and just, or was it Mortal Kombat four? Was it Deadly Alliance? That does not matter. Keep I think it was Deadly Alliance. Keep on with your Sorry. <laughs> My OCD kicked in. Um, but they're playing Mortal Kombat and they're basically just like having the, like this it's kind of like like a your mama battle but it's like you know how i know you're gay you know and it's like they just continuously keep going back and forth and it's like that's one of the things that makes comedy work it's it's like when you watch like the original ghostbusters and you see like uh you know Venkman dealing with Dana right and it's like it's a it's Venkman yeah it's you know i mean it's Bill Murray and like Sigourney Weaver, basically just like butting heads as characters, and it's like the reason that that works so well is because they 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 work off of each other so well.
0: For one, I think Paul Rudd is the best improviser in this movie.
1: Paul Rudd, yeah, who would probably be the I, second I, best, maybe Rogan.
0: May, probably Rogan, then yeah. Steve Carell, and then Malick. Uh, uh, Romani Malco. Uh, yeah, Malco. Um. Uh, but in the ghost like the ghostbusters thing like um uh back to that like Bill Murray like uh I don't know if you've seen this like uh Richard Dreyfus uh said the thing when he did what about Bob that Bill Murray was a little bit of a bully to him or whatever and then a lot of people were like a lot of people were like well Richard Dreyfus is kind of you know he's he's kind of a prick so they, did, they were like... Because he was talking about examples and they're like... This actually just sounds like Bill Murray trying to make Richard Dreybus irritated before they did their scenes. Because they were like... He would say these certain things to him and it'd irritate him. And then they'd start shooting word about Bob. What is what about Bob about? Bob irritating the shit out of his, his psychiatrist. So... And they're like... Yeah... We, we actually think that that's probably just Bill Murray just being like Dreyfus isn't gonna get these scenes. I need to irritate the shit out of him
1: so I gets a better performance where
0: he can kind of snap at me whenever he when we start shooting, and people kind of seen that, and that's this that's what improving is. Bill Murray is like the master improver.
1: Oh yeah, like, he always has been.
0: Like whenever you you talk about st- stuff like like stripes. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And stuff like that where was stripes like, is hilarious. Yes, it's it's Bill Murray and, and uh, Harold like, Ramis. Right? Her- Harold,
1: uh, it's, was it Harold Ramis? Like John Candy was in that.
0: John Candy was in it, and it, it was just it was one of those things where they're like, "What is the script to stripes? Guess what? There wasn't a script. There wasn't a, a script to stripes. There wasn't at all. They're like, we have Bill Murray, we have Harold." <laughs> Go.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you basically have, like, the guy, you know, like, people that wrote for Saturday Night Live. Again, it was Ivan Reitman that directed that, too.
0: Reitman was the guy that always worked with people like Ramus and. You know Bill Murray, and they, they always liked him. That's why the new oh yeah show,
1: John Larroquette was in that too. Yeah, John Larroquette. Yeah, Larroquette. Yeah. He was pretty hilarious.
0: Yeah, they, they, these are some Shit. these are some improv guys like Larroquette. He was a big improv.
1: Guy. Oh yeah, John Larroquette. Oh yeah, definitely. He was
0: a big improv guy, and it's just like a lot a lot of people forget about somebody like Polly Shore. Like Polly Shore was like a huge improv guy. He yep. used to do improv uh, shows before he got famous, and like literally his shows could last for hours. Like, he, he was, like, an amazing improv guy. That's why they were like, yeah, let's do this stupid-ass movie like a, a son-in-law or whatever. Dumb concept for a movie. Bio-dome. Fucking dunk. nailed it. Like, it, the, 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 the guy that drew you to that, you know, was Polly Shore, always.
1: People always talk shit about Polly Shore, but it's like, people... That's the thing that always gets me. People are always like, oh, God, fucking Polly Shore. Fuck that guy. And it's like, how did you like Encino Man? It's like oh, Encino Man was pretty good, though. It's, like, it's and like Encino
0: Man wouldn't have been shit without Polly Short. Uh, right. Sean Austin's in the movie, but Sean Austin's not really doing much improv. He's just doing the acting. Like Sean Austin's in the movie for the actor role. Brendan Fraser is just fucking killing it, and I'm because he sure literally has to be a caveman. He has to be a caveman, and it's just him just exercising his ridiculous amounts of. You know, um, like physical comedy, physical comedy, because Brendan Fraser was amazing at it early on in the crew and Polly Shore's just improv and he's making everything fun. Yeah. Because do you think someone actually sat down and wrote in the scripts like Polly Shore is going to say, buddy, buddy? Let's get the we's masters. No, no one wrote the we the we Weez- no one wrote that shit down on paper. That was just Polly Shore bringing a little magic to the that's movie. just
1: like his that's just like his yeah. personality, man. But that's the thing. People always want to talk shit about Polly Shore. But it's like, I guarantee you that some people, like if you were like, hey, I'm going to watch Biodome, it's like, oh, God, yeah, that movie was actually pretty funny. You know, because it like, was... Why
0: was it funny? Because of Stephen Baldwin? Because of
1: Steve Baldwin? It's like, no, it was funny because of Polly Shore. It's
0: funny because of Polly Shore and tenacious fucking D's in that movie. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I, I just think that like a lot of times, especially when you look at a movie like this that is very improv heavy and features like a lot of improv people. When people want to talk shit about like a script or like the story and stuff like that. It's like the thing that you have to remember is that like Judd Apatow, the way that he makes his movies is that he, to me, he's the kind of, uh, I'm trying to think of like, who would be like that kind of guy from back in the day. It it could have been maybe Ivan Reitman, because didn't Reitman do the Ghostbusters?
0: He did One the Ghostbusters, two? but I, I would almost and then say he did
1: he did Stripes, of course, because we just would, went over I that.
0: Would, I would say that uh, Apato's like the R version of John Hughes.
1: John, he, oh yeah, 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 because John Hughes, like a lot of people would say that, like he would just let the actors just kind of. work out their performance.
0: He had like Michael Anthony Hall and he would kind of let him do a little bit of his thing. And like Judd Nelson, Judd Nelson. And he loved Molly Ringwald Ringwald, yeah, and stuff like that. So I I think Judd Apatow probably is the rated R John Hughes.
1: Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. That would make sense because you know, when you look at like John Hughes, like he's created some like just like super classic stuff. Like, if you just look at, like, some of the basic stuff that he did.
0: Although he didn't direct Beauty and Pink, and he also didn't do Home Alone. That was Chris Columbus.
1: Right. But uh, Not the
0: guy that discovered America. Just the guy that discovered Home Alone, I guess.
1: Right. <laughs> but, like, you know, and you look at, like, stuff like, uh, now, he wrote, uh, he wrote 16 Candles. And he wrote The Breakfast Club and stuff like that. Now, if you go to director credits, right, so the things that are actually credited to John Hughes is 16 Candles, The Breakfast Club. Oh, yeah, Weird Science. I fucking forgot he did that. Ferris Bueller's Day Off.
0: Robert Downey Jr. and Michael Anthony Hall, by the way.
1: Right. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Robert
0: Downey Jr. This fucking Iron Man.
1: (laughs) Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. She's Having a Baby, Uncle Buck, and Curly Sue. That's the ones that he's actually credited for as a director. He has like 23 producer credits and he has a lot of screenplays and stories that he wrote. Um, but it's like, when you look at, like, look at the fucking hits you've got here. 16 candles, breakfast club, weird science, Ferris Bueller's day off planes, trains, and automobiles. Every single one of those is a hit and a classic
0: planes, trains, and automobiles is, it's kind of considered like one of the best, like, road trip um,
1: movies of all time. Comedies of all comedies time. Comedies of all time, definitely.
0: Because But then, Steve like, Martin, Uncle Buck?
1: Like, come on, man. Because
0: Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is uh, uh, Steve Martin and John Candy. Right. So that, that's not only one of the, the best directed movies. It's also two of the greatest comedic actors of all time. Like, Steve Martin's physical comedy and his talent, the talent level of what he does or what he did on snl and everything else he does because he does stand-up tours still to this day by the way steve martin does at fucking 970 years old i'm, <laughs> I'm only guessing i don't know how fucking old steve martin is I don't i'm pretty sure that, at this
1: point he invented the banjo because he's yeah, old enough yeah because
0: yeah. like i could look up his age and i'd be like bullshit fucking bullshit he's older than that or possibly younger than that i don't know it's like, like Keanu literally, syndrome. Literally, you could tell me Steve Martin's 90, or you could tell me he's fucking 50. I don't know how old this guy is. And it doesn't matter because the guy's so talented. He's he's also one of the guys that does this, this insane improv. Like, Steve Martin almost could be credit, credited as evolving improv to what it is. You know, these early guys like Bill Murray and Steve Martin and Dan Aykroyd and stuff like that, that, like, improv wasn't wasn't what it is now without any of those guys. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, and even, like,
1: Jane Curtin.
0: Jane Curtin, Jim Carrey. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 Robin Williams. Any of the Waynes uh, uh, people, like, Keenan and Damon and Robin Williams. Yeah. Like, John just said, Robin Williams was a huge... Like, Robin Williams is probably one of the greatest improvers of all time. Like, if you cast Robin Williams in a movie, like, you could get goodwill hunting patch adams robin williams if you did cast him or you could get you know aladdin or mrs doubtfire or that robin williams you whatever robin williams want he could do
1: right but like on the thing of like the wayans brothers right like a lot of in living color was improv because you know they were like well we have all this great comedic talent let's just let him go. Now obviously like when, you know, uh they ha- like when they do like the music video things, those are kind of like those are pre-made and everything, you know, like when they do like the when they do, like the, when they do like the fake music videos like they had like they made fun of MC Hammer and like Vanilla Ice and they made fun of all these people. They made fun of like Snow cuz I remember Jim Carrey did Snow. <laughs> uh which was hilarious. Like his uh his video of uh like making fun of Snow's informer is just Fucking comedy gold.
0: Ah. Yeah, modern modern day improvers like Keenan Michael Key.
1: Oh yeah, uh, Keegan Michael Key and Jordan Peele.
0: Jordan Peele, uh, probably Kate McKinnon. I'd probably put in that Kate McKinnon. Yeah. As far as the younger people, like as as the younger people from SNL, she's probably the only one that can do improv. Because I don't. Well, because didn't she? Wasn't she like?
1: Didn't she? Wasn't she a groundling?
0: I think she might have been.
1: That's yeah. why she's on SNL because polar.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and then what, what was the other one? I'm trying to think of. Uh, Whig. Kristen Kristen Whig. wig, Kristen Wig. Did she go through one of those improv schools?
0: She probably went through. I, yeah. I know Melissa McCarthy did.
1: Um, and then like like Aubrey Plaza, she went through Upright Citizens Brigade.
0: Yeah, she went through Upright Citizens Brigade, and she's also Lee weird.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like um
0: evil hag right <laughs> the evil hag on twitter that's what your twitter is at evil hag and she's in the new child's play movie which i care nothing about until now
1: right it's like uh it's one of those things where it's like hey they're gonna reboot the child's play movie you're like ah eh, fuck that that's fucking garbage. and then it's she's like starring
0: aubrey plaza. i'll watch it it's
1: like aubrey plaza plays the mom and then mark hamill's doing the voice of chucky it's like
0: uh okay,
1: I might have to check it out now. Yep. I fucking hate that doll. I hate Chucky. I've always hated that damn doll. The only movie of his if that Aubrey
0: I If Aubrey Plaza kills that doll at the end of it, it'll be fucking worth it'll it.
1: It'll be fucking worth it. Yeah. Uh, but I can remember like the old Child's Play, like the only one that I could actually kind of get into was bright when they started was bright of Chucky when they started to make it funny and they were like we we're going to make this kind of like a like a dark humor. You know, like a really like a horror comedy because they got Jennifer Tilly to play the, the female. See doll. See how
0: I called that? See everyone. See I called it before I even said it and you yeah. sprouted Jackie.
1: Yeah, because like the the original child's play movies I watched when I was like way too young. I was a child when I watched those. I fucking hate that doll. I really do. And you're um, like,
0: this wasn't played. I had
1: nightmares about that motherfucker. Like seriously, like waking up and I thought Chucky was gonna stab me. Like, when I was a kid, I went through shit like that. It's like
0: if they made Jack Nicholson, like, doll size. Oh, yeah, no,
1: man. Like, Shining Jack Nicholson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, man, that would be terrifying.
0: They're making a sequel to The Shining, everyone, by the way, just in case you guys want to know. It's called Dr. Sleep, and it's starring Ewan fucking McGregor. That's right, it's going to be fucking awesome, actually. (laughs) Because Ewan McGregor is the kid that grew up.
1: Is uh, for wait what was wait, run that by me again? So the
0: kid, Jack Nicholson's kid, grew up.
1: Oh, from the shining, okay from
0: the shining, and he has some type of fucking psychological powers. And it is called Dr. Sleep, and it's Ewan fucking McGregor.
1: So he's playing Danny from the movie. He's playing Danny. Oh man.
0: It's gonna be awesome. That's gonna be crazy.
1: <laughs> um but uh, before we go to the break, I have, like, this little small thing to go over um, okay. as let's far as it. a comment goes. Um, it, it, it was uh, – let's see. Um, it says uh, – I'll kind of skip through the beginning of this, where it says, like, it's terribly tired and formulaic. Wow. Shy guy seeks a girl. Friends give him bad advice and embarrass the shy guy. Shy guy learns to be himself. It says none of the so-called jokes – Hit the mark notably, and contributions from Andy's Indian slash Pakistani co workers and his boss singing a Guatemalan serenade. What the fuck was that about? Foul <laughs> mouth East Indians uh, may be amusing um, initially only because that type of behavior doesn't fit the stereotype. But they become tiresome quickly, especially when seen through the entire picture. I suspect that it was a cynical attempt by Steve Carell and Judd Apatow to inject some Wolf Ferrell-style craziness into this terribly mundane comedy, but it failed miserably and was just embarrassing. It sounded as though the writers copied some junior high school boys showing off new words they just learned. The few attempts at jokes that they had were so predictable that nobody laughed.
0: For one, everyone laughed right and you suck at writing uh (laughs) so i actually have what jane lynch is saying in guatemalan in her love song
1: when she's trying to like 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 swoon andy serenade andy
0: andy so she says when you clean my room i can't find anything where are you going in such a hurry to the football game? <laughs> That's what she said.
1: Wow. Um, <laughs> well, like, when she does the whole thing of, like, you know, she was, like, uh, when she was talking about, like, her and body, the, like, g- like you know, got, like, hit puberty early. And she was, like, what you see before you is, is how I was when I was, like, when she when she, was, she, was, she was, like, 14 or 15 yeah, and or something. Yeah,
2: like, I don't know, too. Yeah, and it was, like, <laughs> imagine
1: this body. He's you know like, it's like to. yeah and um and then he, what was it like she said that she was like uh seduced by the guatemalan gardener or was he like the pool guy it was the gardener or something wasn't he yeah he
0: was yeah. The gardener. yeah and then she started singing that and that's what he was singing to her when you clean my room i can't find anything where are you going in such a hurry to the football game right it's like, and all that was her, by the way. That was all, like... Jane you know, Lynch's that, idea? That wasn't anything that was written by Apato. That was just her.
1: But that, that whole sequence between her and Andy is just so fucking uncomfortable that you're like, how could you not laugh at how, how ridiculous it is? And then at one point, she tries to, like, smell him. Like, she, like, tries to, like, smell his essence or something. Yeah,
0: and he's just like, okay. He's just
1: like, he's so weirded out by it. Cause it's like, you know, even in the beginning part of the movie where it was like, um, uh, I think it's like, he comes in with like his, uh, he comes in with like one of the wheels from his bike and his helmet and he's like putting his stuff up so he can clock in and, and start working. And she was like, God, she was like, you know, like he does really take care of his body. And then I think Cal's like, he was like, would, would you fuck Andy? And she was like, Oh God. Yes. Yes. Of course. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's one of those things where you're like,
2: um, and it was
0: actually one of those things because Steve Carell said he wanted to lose 30 pounds to do this movie. And Apatow was like, I don't know if that's a good idea. You know, um, because you're going to be too fit or whatever. And then when Steve Carell started doing it, it was like, yeah, this actually does make more sense because he's not getting laid. He's not not getting laid because he's. He's unattractive. He's not getting laid because he's shy. He's just
1: shy and he's weird and awkward. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and he was like, this actually makes better comedy because he was worried because Steve Carell's like, I'm gonna lose thirty pounds before we fin- uh, start this movie because whenever he did the first season of The Office, you could tell he was heavier than when he did the the next season of The Office because he was skinny and then he was like, kind of like a laughable, dumb guy like because he he does change because like uh he went from Ricky Gervais the first season like I can barely watch the first season because he he is really cruel it's like Steve Ferrell is playing like Ricky Gervais's
1: David Brent character David
0: Brent of The Office which is like a cruel asshole and then after the second season on in the office he's playing Michael Scott Michael Scott which is the real Michael a, Scott yeah yeah the real Michael Scott which is some you know lovable gullible but like really
1: awkward weird boss yeah
0: yeah he he'll he's offensive but accidentally
1: because it's like he doesn't really know any better he doesn't
0: know any better because he's you know he's he's a little you know i wouldn't say dumb because he does have very intelligent moments in the show i would just say just kind of gullible like gullible and clueless a little little bit of times. Right. I wouldn't say he was dumb because he's not dumb. He's a very good businessman. He's He's just just naive. Naive, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's just one of those things where it's like... Steve Carell is really good at this type of comedy where he's kind of... outmatched, I guess. You know, like... But, like, we were talking about, like, Heaven Almighty, like... I think the, the mistake they made doing that movie is like, yeah, we can just, you know, have like Ed Helms and uh, Steve Carell and it's like, what about the women? Ah fuck, fuck them. Dude. Yeah, whatever. Should we just get like, whatever. And, and like, then it
1: wasn't John Goodman was in that movie too, because he, he was he one, was one of the politicians. The yeah.
0: And like, like I was saying, like earlier, I was like, the, the reason that the, the Bruce Almighty was so good other than Jim Carrey was Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> You know, like, um, she's one of those people that likes working with comedians, and she, she, um, you know, I don't know where she got that expertise, because she definitely didn't find it on Friends.
2: Uh, uh,
1: well, you're telling me, you're telling me, the same fucking show she works with Matt LeBlanc, that she didn't learn how to do comedy? Yes. Fuck yourself.
0: <laughs> Matt LeBlanc is not funny. Uh, uh, Joey... He sucked. Uh, (laughs) Matt Matt LeBlanc takes himself too seriously in real life, so apparently he doesn't really know comedy. He was just like, I'm good at being dumb. But he (laughs) didn't didn't really learn any comedy off that show, you know, because uh, what was the other actors that were off the show? Like, um, um, you know. Well, like
1: Courtney Cox and. Well, I know uh, the female act- actresses.
0: Yeah. I know, I know, I know all those. Because, because the women were
1: probably the most famous part of that yeah, show. Yeah,
0: I'm trying to. I know Matt LeBlanc, and then the the guy, the other guy, Ross. Um, I, I don't even know his. Fucking Schwimmer, name. David Schwimmer. David Schwimmer, yeah, yeah, he he's kind of cool, I guess. Um, <laughs> even though he's a little boring. Brad Pitt showed up on the show. Um, you know, just because he's banging everybody. Uh, <laughs> i guess i mean that's that's what he'd do um, um
1: uh yeah matthew perry played chandler matthew perry yeah. that's there he, we go he
0: was the funny one maybe she learned a little comedy from matt from, Ma- from
1: matt perry yeah
0: yeah because yeah he was the funny
1: because swimmer was ross yeah
0: because joey which was matt leblanc he wasn't uh. funny he was just dumb
1: yeah well because i mean he's supposed to be, he's kind of like this clueless actor that doesn't realize that he actually sucks You know that's that's what he is. He like he thinks he's a big deal, but because he's like a soap opera actor right in the show, yeah. 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 And And he's he's like he really sucks, but
0: it's funny because I think he tries comedy in the show, and it's funny because it doesn't land. Well, a lot of times, what makes it funny makes fun of him.
1: Yeah, because (laughs) you know, like Chandler would always be the guy that would like he would like have like something to say back, and it's like okay, now it's funny because he added, you know, he volleyballed it back and he yeah. fucking spiked it and earned a point.
0: But my end goal is Jennifer Aniston is the only thing that's worth coming from that show. That, that's what my end sentence was. Like she actually, you know, because she works with Adam Sandler and, uh, you know, a couple times and everything she does with him is amazing because it's Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. That's great just like adam sandler and drew barrymore and um you know jim carrey and as much as i love adam sandler you you now now if bruce almighty would have been followed by something else almighty starring adam sandler it would have been a big hit you know i, I think yeah is steve carell and it's not saying anything about steve carell because steve Carell's is amazing but I think they just cast him. Having along. to follow
1: like, Jim Carrey, it's like it's not he doesn't have the same personality that Carrey does.
0: Yeah, and they didn't give him I don't think they gave him the right equipment. Right. Like 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 I was saying like Jim Carrey and Jennifer Aniston and then you have Steve Carell and who? Like I, I don't even know who played his wife.
1: Uh hang on I can tell you in a second.
0: Yeah, you have to look it up. That's the problem. Like like I was saying, it should have been like Christina Applegate or, you know, you should have came up, you, you know.
1: It like, was Lauren Graham.
0: See, I mean, this is just, that's not good enough for like, okay, yeah, Jim, you get Jennifer Aniston, Steve, you get.
1: You get the, the mom from Gilmore Girls.
0: You get the mom from Gilmore Girls. It's like, why couldn't I be married to Melissa McCarthy in this movie? We would have fucking crushed the box office.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: You know, like... Or,
1: like, uh... Um,
0: I guarantee you that... Cameron I, Diaz. I guarantee you that was a conversation, too. Like, Steve Carell was probably like, Why can't I be very into It won't sell if she's big. I guarantee you that's a producer who probably said that.
1: Yeah, as if, like, Roseanne never made any money.
0: Yeah, she's made all the money. <laughs> right, she's like, made she's all the money. she's made all the fucking money. She doesn't even have to make any more money. You can be like, I fucking hate Roseanne and her political views. It doesn't matter. She's still she richer can, than you.
1: She can live off, like, the, the money she made from her TV show and her stand-up for the rest of her life. She's fine.
0: Yeah, what what is it? Isn't she going on a stand up tour with fucking uh, Andrew Dice Clay or something? Yeah,
1: now? it's like it's like like we're just gonna be super offensive comedy now.
0: Yeah, it's like yeah, you know how much fucking millions are gonna make off that? They're gonna make tons if yeah. they come to Biloxi. I'm gonna go watch that shit. I'm not gonna lie, that shit's gonna be fucking hilarious. Because it's basically Andrew just Dice Dice gonna be like Clay. They're just gonna be offenses, of, offensive, o- as fuck.
1: O- offensive as fuck.
0: You're not harming them by saying like I don't like Roseanne because she was offensive. It's like okay. Well, you don't like any comedians because they're all fucking offensive. It's just depending on what side of the fucking offense you're on. It it doesn't matter. All comedians are gonna say some shit that you don't like. Right. So you might as well just fucking buckle up. I I like most comedians actually, unless you know they're Bill Cosby or Louis CK.
1: Yeah, and you do like yeah, and you're just you're like a piece of shit person. But uh, but we'll go ahead and we'll take a break here, and then uh, when we come back. Uh, We're going to go ahead and wrap it up here because um, a lot of people had issues with uh, the language in this movie. And and I'll say, like, it's an R-rated movie. It's going to have language. But we'll get into it in more detail when we come back.
0: Yes. And we're back. Maybe that song will be on the new reboot of the Charlie Angels movie. Right. Starring Kristen Stewart.
1: Yeah. Well, um, uh, who? There was some, uh, who, they got a new different director for this. Who is it that's directing it? It's, uh, uh, shit, I forgot who it is. It's Is it Elizabeth Banks that's doing this? or?
0: She's in it. She's in it? Okay. She's Bosley. And Patrick Stewart's also Bosley. And then there's another Bosley.
1: That's weird. Wasn't Bill Murray one of the
0: Bosleys? And so was Bernie Mac. Yeah. So Bosley's just a code name, I guess.
1: Yeah. Like James Bond, right? No.
0: <laughs> James Bond is a person.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's a person. Um,
0: I think this is trying to make fun of James Bond. <laughs> but Kristen Stewart's in it, so I don't know. Maybe it's going to be good. She is very weird, so I'm interested. Uh, but it's less diverse, I think, because... No, Elizabeth
1: Banks actually is the director of this, of the new she one. She does direct it. Yeah. Sweet. Because I remember seeing something like that that was like... I, one didn't of see,
0: the, I didn't see the director's name. I was just like, I don't know.
1: Yeah, she plays Bozzy, but she actually directs it. And then Naomi Scott, who I get... Naomi Scott, that's the Jasmine from the, the new live-action um, Aladdin. Aladdin. Right? So she, she plays one of them. Kristen Stewart's the other one. And then... Uh, Ella, Belinska. B- she plays the the third angel. Um. She's a well, she's actually pretty young, but she's a British actress. Has she been in anything that I know?
0: I don't know, but that sounds like a uh, very very it's
1: very cute though. Damn. So
0: <laughs> that's from Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore, and Lucy Liu. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I'm interested. Seems interesting. Elizabeth Banks directing it. That gives me hope. Yeah. Kristen Stewart. She's the weird one. Obviously, she's going to be like Drew Barrymore's character because she has to be. Uh, right.
1: So that's Ella Balinska. That's the third one. I've seen the trailer. Oh, okay. <laughs> I haven't, so I, I didn't know. I didn't really know who the cast was. Until you mentioned, like, Kristen Stewart was in it, and I'm like, okay, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, it's 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 going to be very cool. I didn't know Elizabeth Banks was directing it. I'm more interested now in Kristen Stewart um, as, uh, I guess, Drew Barrymore's character, like the, the actual spy character, the spy chick character. Um, because in the Charlie's Angels, like, the weird one was kind of supposed to be, like, the main spy chick, and the other two are kind of supposed to be like the setup chicks, like the setting everything up, and then the Drew. Anyway, that's not how it worked in the original, the the, the Drew Barrymore stuff, but that's kind of how it worked in the original, so they're kind of trying to get back to the original stuff.
1: Well, because th- that one was based uh, somewhat off the 70s version, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, the one that uh, Cameron Diaz and Lucy Liu and stuff No, this in. one's
0: probably more based This
1: one's based so. more off like the 70s style. Yeah, the other um, one just seemed with like, yeah. uh, was like Farrah Fawcett and yeah, um, shit. Who else was in that show? I don't remember off the top of my head, man. Of course, I mean, I wasn't even alive then, but I'm like, I've seen episodes of Charlie's Angels, you I know, like the original,
0: I, to, I know the weird chick's supposed to be the main chick and the weird chick and the, uh, other version that we all know, you know, the young people is the Drew Barry, you know, the, the, the weird one is the Drew Barrymore character. And then um So the weird one will be Kristen Stewart.
1: Right. Kristen Stewart's always the weird one in like any movie she does.
0: Congratulations on Charlie H. Angels, your ex that you cheated on is fucking Batman. And right. Okay, let's move on. Yep. <laughs> Robert Pattinson's gonna kill it. Okay, let's move
1: on. Let's hope. Um I I still think we, we probably should have tried to Push for John Ham to be Batman, but you know.
0: We're going for a younger Batman. The hamster
1: can't win them all, you know.
0: <laughs> hamster could possibly be the Two Face villain in the future.
1: Oh, God, man. John Ham is Two Face? <laughs> Shit! John Ham is fucking Harvey Dent. Let's do this. Well,
0: let's move fuck. on. Let's move on. Are we going to think about this all night? But that is fucking brilliant. I thought of that.
1: That was a brilliant idea.
0: WB or Warner Brothers, whatever the fuck. <laughs> uh, the WB. W B. <laughs> you, you remember that skit that uh, Chappelle did on uh, the Chappelle show? And they're like, there's a WB. And he was like, and people were like, ah. And he was like, really? That's what you're going to moan about on my show is a fucking frog? I'm right,
1: yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. he's uh,
0: like, a
1: racist-ass frog. <laughs> racist-ass frog. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> the frog was, like, making fun of, like uh, well, like, the uh like it's like the was it was like the nineteen like twenties like way that they like uh they use like black people as like minstrels and shows and stuff like yeah, that and Yeah,
0: and then Chappelle made fun of it and people were like, oh and it was like really about that what about the frog? Fuck that frog. <laughs>
1: Fuck that frog man <laughs> But anyway so one of the things about forty year old version, right, is that it's um I don't know if you have a list of like how many times they say the word "fuck" in this movie, um, or even the word "shit," because they use those a lot. It's—I uh, don't know if it's like—it's probably somewhere on the Scarface scale for the amount of f bombs they drop in this movie.
0: No, it's—I don't think—is anywhere close.
1: Is it not that close? Uh, maybe it's like because uh, did anybody actually count how many times they use the f word in this movie?
0: I think someone did. I I do remember seeing a note about that, but I I can't remember the exact number.
1: Okay. But we know that it was a lot. Um, But as far as the comment goes, it says, I'm no prude, but the crass, vulgar, and just plain asinine sexual jokes, and I use that term loosely, were ceaseless. No one acts like that, and even if they did, no one would be laughing at them. Tell me what's funny about a bunch of guys pissing in public on a wall? What's funny about a fellow being such a bad lover that he gives the girl a kick in the nose, uh, resulting in a nosebleed? Maybe if you're a 12-year-old boy, you might like you might be like the dim-witted, and so you know, not so funny humor. Uh, but it was an absolute insult to anyone who has a hint of intelligence. Why people think that you have to be sexually filthy and crude in every sentence to be funny is beyond me this movie would be good at a fraternity party or a bachelor party where everyone is so smashed they don't know the difference uh three of us went to watch this the guys wanted to uh, let's see uh let's see three of us went to watch this two men one woman and that would be her in this case uh the person writing the uh review about 25 minutes into the film both of the guys wanted to leave I gave it five more minutes, and then I too gave up. In seven years of uh, movie going together, this is the first time we walked out on a movie. We even stayed to the end of the uh, of the um, Uma Thurman Avengers. Why? Because it wasn't even remotely funny. Uh, the first five minutes are fine in this movie. The character of Andy seems likable, and the camera work is quite good. We chuckled. The whole thing went downhill quickly, though. Had I gone to this film alone, I'd have figured it was a guy thing, you know, like the Three Stooges. But the guys I was with couldn't believe anybody would give good reviews to this movie.
0: That all sounds made up.
1: (laughs) And it's like when you see stuff like this where it's like, okay, I'm like a female and I went with like two guy friends. And they walked out. I figured I would give it a few minutes to see if, you know, I might like it. And it's like, well, I didn't like it either. So I eventually left. And it's like, so you're gonna go on to IMDb and you're gonna leave a review about a movie that you only watched like what was it like twenty something minutes of? Um, about twenty five minutes into the movie, both of the guys wanted to leave. She stayed until about a half hour in and then left. Okay, this movie, if you watch the like the like the uncut version where they left most of the jokes in, it's about two hours. Well, so you didn't watch like seventy five percent of this movie and then you want to talk shit about it about how crude it is.
0: Well, for one, she's a liar because the bad thing about the second on the toes and stuff isn't until at least 40 something minutes into the movie.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. When they start going through, like, you know, Andy's, like, bad sexual experiences and he kicks the girl in the nose.
0: Yeah. That's not 30 minutes into the movie. 30 minutes into the movie might be whenever they get to the poker game.
1: Yeah, because it takes a little bit of time before they get to the poker game, where because they start you realizing. Have a bunch
0: of stuff, so that that's a little later. That's whenever he's dreaming, or you know, telling David about his bad experiences. Whenever uh-huh. that happens, because it's like and after that's way past 25 minutes in the movie. Oh
1: yeah, no, he doesn't even meet <laughs> Trisha until what, like an hour
0: into the movie. Yeah, so she's a liar, um, <laughs> and you're um, a liar. You lie. <laughs> They seemed a little miserable. I mean, she might have been a part of a Devil's (laughs) Three-Way. Or they left because they had small penises and um, they weren't going to be able to perform that night. If
2: this truly is a woman. Because
0: her description of it, I don't think she understands the time spots of the movie. I mean, she said she moved 20 you know she left 25 minutes in or she
1: left a half hour in they left it she stayed an extra five minutes to see if something would keep her going in the movie and then she left
0: and then the stuff that she was saying didn't happen happen so apparently those guys didn't want to be there anyway because who the fuck buys a ticket and leaves 25 minutes into a film for one like, who the fuck does that? Have you ever have you
1: ever walked out of a movie, like, 20-something minutes in? And was like, I've fuck never this. walked
0: out of a movie.
1: you never walked out of a movie? I've never walked out of a movie. Uh, I mean, I remember, like, going to see, um, oh, God, it was, like, what was it, like, Child's Play 3 or something? My mom took me to that shit. This is going back to the Child's Play thing. I'm not going to go automatically back to there. But, you know, the thing is is that, like, I watched that shit when I was a kid. And I didn't want to be there. I really wish I could have left that movie. But, you know, I was, like, with my mom. I was young. I had to ch- I, That was my way home. So I probably would have left that one just because I was I was a kid and I was terrified. As an adult, I've never walked out of a movie. Like, I, 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 I've, I've never, never done that. I've never walked out of a movie. I watched no.
0: Titanic in the three theaters when I was, like, fucking nine. Right. <laughs> um, I, I watched Jurassic Park. In the theaters, and that was a little scary, but I was like, yeah, dinosaurs. Oh, Jurassic
1: Park at the movie theaters was fucking awesome.
0: Yeah, I I watched... dinosaurs, man. you You know, we didn't walk out of... I don't... I've never walked out of a movie. You know, so I don't know what it takes for someone to walk out of the movie, but I'm thinking very, very bitter, very lonely. Um... I'm thinking a lot of suicidal thoughts. I mean, I I just don't know what would make you just say, you know what, instead of watching the rest of this comedy movie, I'm just going to watch like
1: Steve Carell and Seth Rogen. What the
0: fuck are you going to do after you leave? That's my question. What are you going to do when you leave? Are you going to go home and watch another movie? And then just be like, you know what, I'm walking out of my home. This movie sucks. Getting out of my home. I want my money back. On this movie. You know what I'd tell you if I was a theater? Because I hear this sometimes. Like, oh, I didn't like this movie. I want my money back. You go fuck yourself. <laughs> you bought a ticket for this movie. Watch this fucking movie. If you didn't like it, then don't like it. Don't go, You don't have bitch. to watch it again. You don't have to watch it again. Just like, ah, I don't really like that movie. Cool. People can not like movies. That's something that people can do.
1: But the thing is is like nowadays everybody's like, "Well, I got to read up about it on Rotten Tomatoes for like 45 minutes to see if it's worth my time." Well, by the time you took the time you took looking at all of these like like reviews on Rotten Tomatoes You've and Fandango, you
0: brainwashed into thinking an opinion about the movie in the first place before you
1: even went. It's like we we don't ever... Because we even do like a special about how Rotten Tomatoes is, is the worst. That's it what, is what it's called. It is the worst. It is the worst. So, you know, we do a whole thing about Rotten Tomatoes because we're like... A lot of times those reviews get skewed. Like what was the, one of the things that happened with the Solo movie is... Rotten Tomatoes got their, uh, their stuff hijacked and everybody was posting bullshit about that movie. Oh, they have like a feminist droid in this movie... And all this kind of stuff, and they made Lando gay, and like everybody talked about all this bullshit. You actually watched the Solo movie, and we like it better than Rogue One, and it was way you know, better. You know what would happen? Way better. And I know there's people like, uh, which I know, like you know, you're uh, you're a big fan of like Pete Holmes. Pete Holmes says that his favorite Star Wars movie is Rogue One. That's what, but that's his opinion, right? So it's I like,
0: like I don't dislike Pete Holmes anymore because. He likes Rogue One more than I do. That's his opinion. Cool. Right. But the
1: but that's the thing is like that's his opinion. He just he he really liked that movie and you know, in his mind he feels like it's one of the best Star Wars movies. It's his personal favorite. My personal favorite is Return of the Jedi. Steve's is Revenge of the Sith. I love. That Everybody movie. has like different levels of, of shit that they like. I'm not saying that I don't like Revenge of the Sith. I do fucking I, love I that movie. I'm almost
0: gonna call bullshit on on John. I think I think his <laughs> opinion's nostalgic. I think he likes Revenge of the Sith just as much as I do because that is the most quotable movie that we have. Like, right. The 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 quotes and stuff that happens in this movie is just. It's just insane. I mean, people can talk call, shit about the I almost call bullshit on your your <laughs> your, your favorite movie. i almost, almost do because I feel like you even quote Revenge of the Sith more than you do, you know, Return of the Jedi.
1: But I can sit down and I can watch Return of the Jedi like any fucking day.
0: You can Revenge of the Sith also. I mean, yeah,
1: but it, my thing is, that I I think that's we're randomly on the topic, and I think it's to me it's like the the thing that makes a good movie, and it's. It kind of ties back to stuff like this, like 40-Year-Old Virgin, for example. Like, if I came over to your house, right, and we were just kind of, like, we're waiting for, like, food to get here or, like, you know, maybe you guys are cooking or something or whatever and we're just kind of, like, bullshitting, you could throw a 40-Year-Old Virgin on the projector and I would just sit down and just start watching it. Because I'm like, this movie is fucking hilarious. Like, there was one day, I think we were waiting for, like, what was it, pizzas to get here? And we just put on black sheep. And we watched about half of Black Sheep, or actually, I think we watched the whole thing. We watched the whole movie. We watched the whole movie before Food because got you here. Can't, you
0: can't stop. Once you
1: can, once you get started on once Black you, Sheep, once you can't you stop. Get
0: Chris Farley, you
1: can't you can't stop Chris <laughs> Farley Right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that should be a bumper sticker. You just can't stop Chris Farley
0: Yeah, um, but it's
1: it's like if I came over and you had Revenge of the Sith on the projector, I would sit down and watch it. If you had return of the jedi on i would sit down and watch it you know if you
0: put on if i had no new hope or the force awakens on you'd be like which, which one, one is this, <laughs> this is the same movie this is uh, the one with the girl
1: i've already watched this one no, no this, and this no, one this the kid one, from the desert girl. planet's a girl it's a girl. oh <laughs> okay so this is force awakens okay okay yeah okay. this
0: one's a girl so we're progressive <laughs> right yeah
1: uh, and it's not to say that we that we hate force awakens because we don't we don't hate any of the Star wars movies we I like every one of them at least in some way you know and, and I, you know it's like we we don't necessarily think of like Rogue One as like you know the pinnacle of, of cinema but you know there's stuff about it that I do like I mean I do like the whole idea of like you Diego know, Luna,
0: the, like our like one of our main heroes he's a he's a murderer. <laughs> it's pretty cool,
1: right? Yeah, he's a scumbag, so he's cool. Um, you know, because scumbags in Star Wars are always the cool he's ones, not,
0: right? He's not a scumbag like Han Solo. He just murders his friends,
1: right? <laughs> he just murders people because it gets commanded. But you know, but it's like there was some cool stuff about Rogue One, like fucking Donnie ends in that movie. Um, you know, that forrest epic. Whitaker does a good job as Sagharera. You know, I, I, the droid is fucking hilarious in that movie. The uh, the droid that they uh, they reprogrammed to work for the Alliance. You know, like, there's good stuff about Rogue One.
0: The epic line, uh, we're rebels, I rebel. You know, that was just written so well. <laughs> wasn't
1: actually in the movie, though. It was uh, in
0: the movie.
1: D- no, that line from the trailer wasn't, or it wasn't done exactly like that. It was different. If I remember right, they didn't actually use that line. They, they just used that for the trailer
0: i watched. I mean, I'd have movie. to go back
1: and watch it because I I don't remember that being in the movie.
0: I watched. There's stuff the that they too. put in the
1: trailer that they cut out that they didn't actually put in the movie. That
0: was definitely in the movie.
1: I don't remember that, but anyway. But the thing is, is that like you
0: fell asleep though.
1: I did fall asleep. I didn't fall. I wasn't asleep at that part of the movie.
0: Yes, you definitely were.
1: When she got no, I thought I thought I like fell asleep when it was like yeah, the, the first saga time I watched stuff. the
0: movie. Me, you, and AJ, you were asleep during
1: that. I moment. well, yeah, I was tired that day, no, and you, also the movie was pretty boring at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm my trying bro- not to be as harsh, but yeah, my, my
0: brother, my brother fell asleep in that movie too. He was like, yeah. I fell asleep like four times and I couldn't even finish. The right it was so boring. now, the
1: movie start when they actually get to the it. Death Star plans and they get they get to that part. It does start to pick up a bit. And you know, when you get to see Vader and stuff and you get to see the, the castle on Mustafar, it's it's pretty cool when you get to see they get to see some pretty cool Vader shit in this That's movie. That's like
0: eighty seconds of the movie.
1: Yeah. But it's like but I, I think that like when it comes to something like Forty Year Old Virgin or even like Knocked Up, which was another Judd Epitaph movie.
0: It was supposed to be a direct sequel, but they ended up scrapping it. Knocked uh, up like, was. Yeah. Oh, like
1: Andy like knocks her up and then
0: I guess. they have to I don't deal even with know the who was supposed to knock who up. I okay. Think, I think it would have probably been funnier if Seth Rogen would have knocked Elizabeth Bain's character up. And that oh, been right, sick. yeah, that because been the sequel because that would have been insane.
1: That would, yeah, where he uh, was her name was Beth in the movie the yeah. the, the bookstore girl. Uh, that would have been pretty funny if like Cal ends up going out with her instead of it being uh, it was Catherine Heigl right that was in Knocked Up. Yeah, it was Catherine yeah. Heigl. So say if it was the Cal character from Forty Year Old Virgin. And he ends the Elizabeth Banks Banks Crazy
0: chick. That would have been like a really, really cool yeah, insane movie.
1: Yeah. It's like uh it's I don't like,
0: know who it was meant to be. I don't because like they said it was supposed to, <laughs> It was supposed to be like a direct sequel to um Forty Year Old Virgin, but th- that could have been that could have meant anyone.
1: Right. It could have been um it could have even been David's character. Like, he finally gets away from dealing with Amy. Doesn't he get with, like, the, uh, the, the girl that they bring into the inventory crew?
0: The Spanish chick. The, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. The, uh, the, the new chick that, uh, like, when Andy gets promoted to be a manager, and then Cal is having to find uh, somebody to be, like, the inventory person to take uh, Andy's spot. And he hires that really hot chick, and then David kind of ends up, like, getting, like, with her that would have been pretty cool if that would have been the knocked up movie would have been like Paul Rudd and that chick. Yeah. Cause that would have been a continuation of it. That would have been interesting that like he gets her knocked up and he's just kind of, you know, he's like, and then you could have brought Mindy, Mindy Kaling back and have her involved in that where like she shows up and, He was like, I got this other girl knocked out, but I really wanted it to be your baby. And she was like, leave me the fuck alone. (laughs) That would have been, like, really good comedy shit right there. You could have involved so many things. And then you could have had Andy make like an appearance where, like, you know, maybe he's trying to figure shit out and he goes and talks to Andy for a bit. And, you know, or, like, he goes and he talks to Jay and you get to see Jay and his wife. One of the funniest parts of this movie is when um, he uh, finds... um, or like uh, Jay's wife finds that stuff, and she goes to the store to confront him because he was like, "No, Andy, you know, Andy at the store, like you know, he he has all this shit. He has all these things. It's like, you know, she's a hoe, she's a hoe, like all this stuff." And then she goes and confronts him, and she was like, "She was a hoe, faux oh, show, so. you know." <laughs> it's like, "Bitch, um, who
0: are you to judge me?" Uh, yeah, you back off, hey man. No, and it's like, crazy. "Whoa,
1: man, you calling my girl a bitch, man?" It's I mean, like, come on. <laughs> oh man the there's so many like uh moments in this like when he when he's fucking dealing with kevin hart and he was like uh you know he was like hey man how about hooking me up with that like employee discount and he was like i can't i mean i can't do that man and it's like um he was like he's like no nah, man he's like don't be my you know it's the n-word so i can't really say it but you know he was like don't be that be my you know be my dude like hook me up you know and then they get into like this whole thing they get there's like a the whole big ass fight and then andy has to come over and break him up or whatever i
0: was like oh and you you're with him yeah oh you with him like, i'm gonna see you on the streets <laughs> bam bam yeah clack clack. <laughs> clack clack
1: yeah and it's like come on man it's like kevin and Hart. he was
0: like hey, fucking uh dude was like fuck midgets in the ass
1: <laughs> yeah i fuck midgets in the ass like daily <laughs> <laughs> the the one part that gets me is like when um uh Jay has some like really fucked up moments in this movie, like when um uh Mooch
0: always tell me to go to fucking goat. Man? Yeah,
1: why you go fuck our goat? Uh when he was when he's talking to Mooge, right? And um uh he was like uh he was like, Whoa man, he was like you just took my commission for that And he was like bullshit. You are not here. And he was like, I just went to go get like the the packets or whatever that um, you know that they were asking about. Or no, no, it was Jay was taking the sale. Mooj went to go get the packets, and when he came back, Jay had already made the sale. You know, and he was like, this is bullshit. I'm going to Paula. You know, and all that kind of stuff.
0: I gotta go Paula. It's like, can you cover my shift on Friday? Yeah. He was like, if we split the commission, sure. Yeah, if we split the commission, yeah. And he was like, all right, cool man. Yeah, he was like, (laughs) all
1: right, man. Yeah, because he's like, uh, he he was like, uh, he's like, you effing with the wrong, you know, N word or whatever. And he was like, you effing with the wrong sand, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We'll we'll say San Negro, maybe. That might be a little bit more PG. I don't know. I don't know how you do this. Like, how do you use the N-word like they do in the movie? Unless you just play the clip. It's hard to talk about it because we can't say that. But, you know, but it's hilarious, though, that whole exchange.
0: It's like, you're messing with the wrong... Right. well, you're messing with the wrong scent.
1: Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) It's like an Eminem song. It's like...
0: You like c- when they sold Eminem CDs at Walmart. Right.
1: That's what it sounded like. It was like, you know, it's you can't. Like, my you gotta,
0: name. Is, I, I, Slim Shady.
1: <laughs> the only thing you can say that's not offensive is the word Slim Shady. But, uh, you know, it's like when people say that, like, the jokes in this. And, and it was the same thing with, like, Tropic Thunder, where it's like they're appealing to, like, a lowbrow audience and stuff like that. It's like. These are designed to be adult comedies, right? Nobody's writing these kind of movies for something for kids to go see. Like, when we did the Tropic Thunder, and they were like, did they write this shit for 12-year-olds? It's like, obviously not, because you got fucking drug use. You have all kinds of, like, terrible language in this movie. Like, literally in that movie... Show me where
0: the drugs are.
1: Yeah, like, literally in that movie, Jack Black is like, I will suck your dick if if you get me some drugs, if you get me some coke. You know, like, he... That's the thing. It's like they don't write stuff like this for kids. So for people to say that this is like juvenile stuff that's written for kids, it's like it's definitely not. This is not something you would show a kid. You know, it's just it's way too vulgar. But it's an adult comedy. It's an adult sex comedy. Like when you watch something like Porky's back in the day, Porky's was pretty controversial because it had a ton of sex humor in it. I mean, they didn't have like the F-bomb and the N-word dropped in it like you do in this. But... You know, it's like that a lot of times that's what happens though is that like the 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 sex comedy stuff it's either meant for teens like American Pie was, that was hitting like that teenage audience, and then you have stuff like Forty Old Virgin, which is obviously designed for like people that are like out of college and stuff like that that are a little bit older to appreciate, right. you know, some of the older jokes in this. So, I you know, I just think that like, when people watch stuff like this, it's like, if you're if you're offended by it, it's like, whatever. It is what it is. But then, for somebody to say, like, well, I only watched, like, you know, 30 minutes of this movie, which you're like, that's got to be bullshit, because you were talking about stuff that would happen 30 minutes, you know... It happened way later. Way past 30 minutes. minutes. So it's like, if you want to say that, like, well, I walked out of the movie because I was so offended by how stupid this was and how crude it was and stuff like that, it's like, then, you know find the kind of humor that you actually like it's like you know that you can look at a poster and see where it says crude humor sexual references partial nudity you know because you do see titties in this movie so it's like you can go to the poster you can go online and see like who's in this movie if you're not a fan of seth rogan you know you probably aren't gonna like this movie if you for some reason don't like paul rudd which i don't know any fucking buddy who doesn't like paul rudd terrorist probably isis Um, if you don't like Paul Rudd, then you're like, well, maybe I might skip this one, you know, but it's like, it's, you know, people all the time in these comedy movies are like, well, this is way more crude. It's way more fucked up than I thought it was going to be. And it's like, what expectations do you have when you go in to watch a comedy movie? And why do you have expectations about what kind of jokes you're going to see? Just sit back and just watch what happens. You know, if you go into it with a bunch of expectations that this is going to be a nice family movie, and then it's like crude as shit, like this movie is, then you're like, well, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. It's like don't go into movies with all these expectations. That's just dumb. Why do you? Why do people do that? I don't understand. I don't know. You know, and then it's like now that you have all these like places like you know Rotten Tomatoes and Fandango and stuff that are. You know, putting reviews out there, and then they're gonna read the reviews, and they go watch the movie, and they're like, "Yeah, it's pretty much like it was in the review." And it's like, "Well, can't you make up your own fucking mind? Don't you have an opinion of your own?" Or people People just sheep. They are. And they just don't wanna. They don't actually don't wanna. They don't wanna actually have to think for themselves. Like, hey, I really like this movie, or eh, this movie was kind of crap. I didn't really like this. You know, because we we all watch movies that we're not really into, but to say that you know, like this movie is terrible because I personally didn't like it. It's like, no, there's people, there's plenty of people that watch like what we would consider really shitty movies, but they watch it because they're like, Oh, I like B movies or I like movies with like bad actors and stuff like that. There's, you know, there's something for everybody. Find what kind of comedy you like and then watch that shit, but don't go on IMDb and bitch about like, I don't like Steve Carell's movies I don't like Will Ferrell's movies. I don't like, you know, Adam Sandler's movies. Then don't watch that shit. If you know you don't like it, you know, like you were saying, like, people are like, well, I don't really like Steve Carell's movies. And I watched this and I hated it. It's like, you don't like Steve Carell movies. Then don't fucking watch them. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This shit is simple. But don't go online and bitch and complain about it. Because now you're putting all this negative energy out in the universe. And somebody who might have actually liked this movie is going to be like, oh, well, this person said it was like you know racist to indian and pakistani people and you know everybody's a stereotype so i'm not going to watch this that might be one of, like that might be a movie that you might fucking love and watch forever and you're going to go by the opinions of some dumbasses on imdb like come on don't be a sheep fucking find opinions of your own you know
0: right exactly people like it's
1: like when i see these comments it's like it just it it just brings negativity into my soul and I'm like, oh, because yeah. <laughs> I have to read some of the stupidest shit. And there's a lot of things that I don't copy because I'm like, I'm not going to dwell on it or I'm not going to bring it up. And then some things I'm like, I've got to copy this because we have to talk about it. But you see some of the craziest shit. And some people will just be like, this movie sucked. And that's it. Like, that's all they put. They didn't put any detail, what they didn't like, or they thought. maybe they didn't like the director. No, they didn't do any of that shit. They're just like, this movie sucked. And it's like, it's like, okay. Well, if you're going to say that it sucks, at least try to explain why, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, this has been beyond the hate. 40-year-old
1: virgin's a fucking masterpiece. Go watch it. I mean, it, it's got Katherine Keener in it. How bad can it be?
0: Can't and fucking be too bad. Paul
1: Rudd is a national treasure.
0: He is a national fucking treasure. So like us, uh, subscribe to us, do all that other shit that uh, <laughs> you know that you're, you should probably do for podcast and uh,
1: iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, like we're on everything, man.
0: Yeah, yahoo.com and this has been the forty-year-old virgin, Beyond the Hate. <laughs>